Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin here on a Saturday night, taking you up until 2 a.m. Eastern. Busy week in sports, as the Sager just told you. Last weekend of the College Hoops regular season, NBA, NFL, Combine, lot to get into. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. And on match selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. J-Mart, what's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. One thing you forgot, and we're not going to be able to see it because we're on the air, but Travis Kelsey's hosting Saturday Night Live tonight. Oh, I didn't well. know that. Yeah, that, that, interesting. I, I'll be curious to see how he does. I haven't watched SNL in years. It just has gone down the tubes as far as I'm concerned. But uh, Kelsey hosting at least has my interest. But there is so much happening. I mean, right now in front of us, Arizona and UCLA, about to play college basketball here live. Like, there's, there is a lot going on. And here's the sad thing. There's a lot of really good things happening. And then there's some negative stuff as well. Like, there is just a full cavalcade to get into with you over the next four hours. Yeah, you know, uh, it is. It's wild because there, there is. Um, you know, like you said, it's it's a fun time of year. But I mean, really, two, three, four stories that are serious and not very fun. Uh, and ironically, you know, we we booked Dan Lust, the sports law expert. He'll be joining us in hour two at about uh, ten twenty, or excuse me, eleven twenty Eastern time. But why I bring it up? It was kind of you know, my thought to get Dan Lust was based on. 
the ongoing Brandon Miller situation, the Jalen Carter news that broke this week, and the fact that there had been some stuff percolating about John Morant allegedly getting in a fight with a 17-year-old, basketball game at his house, whatever. And that was, of course, prior to the latest situation with John Morant. So I know VJ and Martin Weiss just talked about this on their show, but let's 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 jump right into it, Jason. So John Morant has been suspended for two games uh, by the Memphis Grizzlies, and again, it's it's really a series of four or five events that have really kind of uh, come about over the course of of this season, where um, you know there was an incident allegedly involving a, a friend of his and in the Indiana Pacers as they were kind of walking out to their team bus about three four weeks ago. Then, as I said, the Washington Post with two two a report about two separate incidents in the Memphis area, one involving uh, a player, like I said, a, a kid, like I said, who who showed up at his house and not showed up at his house, but they were playing at his house, which is something we'll discuss in a second, uh, and then you know he th- you know he threatened him, pulled a gun on him, allegedly, etc. And then we have this latest one though, and I, and I just mentioned it, but uh, John Morant uh, has been suspended because of the fact that um, you know he was on Instagram Live late, late, late last night, early Saturday morning, really, uh, and he flashed a gun. And so we don't have very many details. All we do know is the fact that uh, the, that he has been suspended. Um, the NBA is investigating, and John Morant did release a statement. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. I read his statement to say it seems pretty indicative that he was, in fact, uh, carrying a gun or at least flashed a gun on on social media. Um, so, Jason, you know, an, an evol- a story that's really evolved over the past four or five days, but, but what's become sort of a troubling trend over these last couple months, really, for one of the young stars in the NBA. So I told you about this. I, I've talked to you about this a couple of different times, but obviously I'm in Nashville and I've covered sports in the state of Tennessee now for better part of a decade, somewhere in that neighborhood. No longer do it on a day-to-day basis, but this is not shocking to me. That doesn't make it any less sad, concerning, and I'm praying that he can get this this squared away and taken care of, but... I don't know Memphis particularly well, but I know people who are plugged into the city of Memphis, that are plugged into uh, sports in the city of Memphis, that are plugged into life in Memphis, all of those things. Memphis isn't looked upon particularly favorably, especially by my part of Tennessee, in terms of there's just a lot of issues there. There's There's a lot of things to be wary of and be concerned with. So John Morant, I remember when he came, when he decided he was going to the draft, I remember tweeting that night that he was a humble Russell Westbrook. Imagine a humble version of Russell Westbrook. And that was at the time. And Jaws Jaws even exceeded that. I said Jaws was going to have a better career than Zion because I felt like he would be healthier and that the league was built now for guys like John Morant and that I thought he was just going to be an absolute superstar. Uh, That has proven to be accurate so far, but it doesn't matter if he throws it all away. It doesn't matter if he throws his life away. And it's not, it's not as simple as just being in Memphis. It's this, Aaron, you are what you consume and you become who you hang around. And unfortunately, and this is something that I had heard kind of through back channels for over a year, John Morant's choice of who has been around him who he has surrounded himself with, 
uh, his his friends and all this kind of stuff. Uh, these have not been good decisions. These are people that don't have anything to lose compared to everything that Ja Moran has to lose. And they have given him, it seems to me, the worst advice that you could possibly give somebody. And I think it's this. We see a lot of videos of kids doing stupid things. We know kids do stupid things. 15-year-olds do dumb things. They take risks. They break laws because of what? They feel like, Aaron, they're invincible. They walk around like nothing could potentially hurt them. The older you get, the more traditional you get, the more careful you get, because you realize the world is a dangerous place. That there are, you know, there are nefarious forces out there. There are bad forces out there. John Morant seems to, it's not that fame has gone to his head. It just feels like to me that whoever is surrounding him, whoever is advising him, whoever is in his ear making him think that he has to be this caricature of what, you know, this inner city youth is supposed to be as opposed to this guy that's now a businessman, that's a millionaire, that's got all these endorsements, that's got this future, that's already attained so much and all this other kind of stuff. It, it just, the, the whole of this, it just feels like they are telling him, hey, bro, you're invincible. You're John Morant. Nothing can touch you. And the problem is we know better. All it takes is one person to reach out and touch him, and this is all over. And he is dangerously close with some of these choices that he's made and some of these things that he has done. And I know this is getting long-winded, but this is scary stuff, and I'm just hopeful for him because he's such a fantastic talent and a great personality. But at some point, somebody has to grab him and just be like, you have so much to lose You've got to wake up. You've got to realize your responsibilities and realize that those people you're around, that's not you, and then move on from there. Lots of people back there. Um, you know, so for the, the first thing that comes to mind, by the way, John Morant played for Murray State in the Ohio Valley. The Ohio mm-hmm. Valley Championship is coming down to the wire. This will be the first automatic bid clinch for the NCAA tournament. We'll keep you updated there as it's a tie game with 2.2 seconds left. So, John Morant, um, you know, essentially everything you said is, is what I'm going to say is that, um, first of all, I, I think what's especially disappointing is, um, you know, this belief that he has to act a certain way and, and prove his you know, toughness or whatever, um, because there's a lot of people that overcome a lot, and I'm not saying that he hasn't, um, but, you know, you talk about kind of inner city and this. I mean, this is a kid who grew up in a two-parent home. Mm-hmm. He grew up, I don't know about the suburbs, but um, small town, I think, is probably the right way to put it. Um, so he had a lot of advantages that a lot of his peers, a lot of people did not have. And so to me, I think that's the disappointing part. And then the ironic part is you talk about surrounding himself with the wrong people. I think that's 100% part of it. Um, I think the, the, when, you're, when you're that successful and you're that rich and you're carrying that many people, and I think we just have our first buzzer beater in March, Jason, Tennessee Tech at the buzzer. I believe has beaten uh, Southeast Missouri, or no, excuse me, it would it would force overtime. Uh, Southeast Missouri was up by two. No, it was a three. Jason, I'm sorry, this is terrible radio here. I know everybody's <laughs> wanting know. John Morant. So Tennessee Tech trailed. So Ch- Tennessee Tech was up. Southeast Missouri got fouled shooting a three. They made all three. 
and Tennessee Tech throws the ball the length of the floor. They hit a shot at the buzzer. Here's the question. Tennessee Tech was down by two. Was his foot on the line? Was it a game winner or a shot to send this one to overtime? Uh, I think we're going to figure that out right now. We can't get a good look uh, at this exact moment, Jason. I'm sorry if this is terrible radio, people, but we are in March. March Madness. I know it's... uh, you know, uh, not the biggest story going, but but we got our first taste of March magic here as uh, Tennessee Tech has either tied the game or sent it to overtime, depending on what the replay is. Jason, can you get, by the way, for people driving around, I'm sorry for the terrible uh, radio here, but can you get a clear look? Are, do you have this game on? Can you see if that was a three or a two there? I'm going to it now. I was watching. I flipped over to UCLA, Arizona. So they're reviewing it right now to determine if it was a two or a three. Correct. Yes. It's. it's um, it was called a three on the floor. Looks like a two to me. Yes, it looks like a two to me as well. So Tennessee Tech. Again, this is the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. Ironically, the Ohio Valley uh, was where John Morant made his name at Murray State. We were just talking about Murray State. Um, I'll tell you what, Jason, what we'll do, we'll take a quick break, we'll come back, we'll get you updated on this game, we'll continue the John Morant conversation, because March Madness, I, you know, you, 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 you said it, Jason, this is a fun time of year, there's a lot of fun stuff, there's some serious stuff to talk about, and we kind of got a blend of both of those things in the first segment. So we'll come back, we'll get you updated on this crazy first game of March Madness, a NCAA tournament bid on the line, we'll continue the conversation on John Morant, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, Fox Sports Radio. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to. Not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could. Maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like, that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. 
Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, and we are brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Discover.com slash match. All right, so to get you updated, for those of you in the car, for those of you in the car that love OVC basketball, and I know it's a lot of you, the first NCAA tournament bid is on the line. It, there was a shot at the buzzer. We were trying to figure out, was it a two to tie the game and send it overtime, or was it a three? It was a two to tie the game. Uh, so Tennessee Tech and Southeast Missouri in the championship game of the Ohio Valley, playing to earn the first automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. We will keep you updated on that one. Uh, Jason, let's continue the conversation on John Morant, because I did get a little sidetracked there. I'm sorry, there was a buzzer beater. It's March. It's going to happen. Probably a lot in this time slot over the next three or four weeks. So... You know what? What I you know we, we were talking about, and for people who missed it, John Morant, uh, among many problems this week, uh, did was caught or seen. I guess is probably the right word. Flashing a gun uh, during an Instagram live session very early in the morning. It actually posted around five nineteen a.m. I believe. So, you know why why a professional athlete is out at that time? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but essentially, uh, the the Grizzlies suspended him two games. John Morant issued an apology, which means that I don't suspect anytime soon he's going to be claiming that it was a, a fraudulent video or whatever. Um, and I, I thought you hit on a lot of the points that I, I was really going to get to, Jason, which is essentially, um, you know, it's just disappointing because, you know, one, listen, cliche, but these guys are role models for young people and all that. But what I was saying before the break, Jason, is like, you know, this is a, a kid who I'm not saying anybody ever had it easy, but, you know, two parent home. Um, you know, we all saw the videos of him working out in the backyard with his dad before the draft. Um, and so, listen, I'm not here to play armchair, uh, you know, analyst, armchair psychologist as to why he's acting the way it is. But I think the biggest takeaway that I have is that I do think he has to tighten the circle because a couple things stand out is, is one, what she said is as you get older, you're just more cautious in general. I'll tell you this, Jason, you know, I, I actually was talking to VJ and Martin about this, you know, before they left the studio is um, one of the reports this week, you know, that he pulled a gun on a 17 year old. It was from a, a, a pickup game that was played at his house. And so why I bring that up is because. 
I think Ja is, is trying to do a cool thing by having some local people around the house, but that's something, you know, you're, you're worth $200 million now. I don't know that I want random people just hanging out at the house that, you know, 17-year-olds from the neighborhood. So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I think he's a young person. He's trying to deal with success and fame and money. And I, I hope he kind of can kind of step away and, and really distance himself from all this. But to your point, I don't think the people around him are very good. And you know who I'll start with? Partly, I know where this is going. Yeah, I, I think part of this... Has to. Yeah, it's, it's his father. And and we, we praised his father, and we should praise his father for, for raising him, getting to him to the NBA. But... T. Morant, we see him courtside. He seems to enjoy being a celebrity as much as anybody. Um, and I think, you know, the question that 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 I would ask, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people are asking right now, does he want to be a groupie? Does he want to be famous in his own right? Or does he want to be a father? Because I don't think a father um, that's as involved and has been involved with Jaws' whole life uh, would be happy with some of the decisions that his son is making. And I think his dad's got to kind of got to put away the, the shades and the cool, and I'm sitting courtside here, and it's like, go be a dad. You know, get your son before something really bad happens. It's odd because... T. Morant loves his son, and you know it. It's the same thing with LeVar Ball. Loved his sons, and you knew it. And you could tell, listening to him, that he appreciated his sons and that he wanted the best for him and all this. Now, T. Morant, if you've read the stuff from for, for a few years now, Ja always jokes that that's, his, that's the, his biggest hater, that his dad's never satisfied with the games that he's playing and all this kind of stuff. His dad played some college hoops and uh, even had a potential to play pro ball overseas and maybe even have a look at the NBA, but something derailed it along the way. Um, he understands some of this, but... I look at his dad and it's just like, so I'm a parent right now and I've got, my daughter will be two years old a month from now. So I don't know what's to come. I know it's going to be challenging. I'm already afraid of it, but I already look at my daughter and I'm just like, there is a spot where I can be dad and there's a spot where I can be your best friend. And both those things are draws. Like I want so badly for her to like me all the time. But at the same time, I also want to make sure she's successful, cautious, and responsible. Like I, 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 I want to make sure that she is ready for the life that's coming to her. And I fear that at some point along this journey, as Jaws' star has risen, his dad's kind of gotten caught up in all the pizzazz of it. And even the pizzazz of being T. Morant from the I Look Like Usher to the whole like deal with Carl Anthony Towns last year during the first round of the playoffs that turned into a into a thing at the end where they were laughing about it and all this to being there in the round with Golden State where Steph's and even and this bothered me at the time Aaron Jaws doing press conferences after the game where he's actually the guy on the floor that's getting the interview on TV sure. and his dad's in the shot his dad's there like talking into the microphone, going and like chest bumping Steph and all this stuff. It's just like, who are you? Well, can I jump in real quick? Because you, you referenced LeVar Ball, and I think it's a very – it's a good point. And I remember – so, you know, and, and I think a lot of people know this, but, you know, because of my high school, uh, college hoops background, you know, I, I kind of got to know the Ball family a little bit. You know, Jason mm-hmm. Jason uh, Smith used to call me the LeVar Ball whisperer because I was like the first person to know him. But what I'll say is, you know, I, I think LeVar had – the best of did have and still has the best of intentions only wants what's best yeah. for his sons um and i think the ucla stuff was kind of cute and it was kind of funny 
And then it got like weird when Lonzo was on the Lakers. If you remember, I, I forget all the details, but like Lonzo's on the Lakers and Lavar's calling out like John Wall, like yeah. uh, you know, and, and like it gets to a point where it's weird, where you know, you, like your son's a grown man, and you know, whatever, like. And and like to your point on T. Morant is you can be a great dad, you can even be a, a celebrity sideline dad, but don't make it about you, don't make it about yourself. I, I just I thought what you said about him doing the post game interviews rather than Ja, I thought that was a very interesting point, Jace. It's just weird. Like I mean, like Josh sitting there doing the gritty and okay, cool. Like that's 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 their style. That's what they're doing. Tina need to be in the shot. T, like Kevin Durant's mom was still in her seat, right? When Kevin Durant was doing the interviews, and Kevin Durant's mom had some personality, and we would see her several times during the game. I'm not saying T shouldn't come come to ever come to games and all this, but him being courtside like he's Jack Nicholson on a regular basis, I don't think it's doing his son any favors. I really don't. Like he needs to back away. He needs to understand that the spotlight is reserved for his son. It's not reserved for him. And the more involved he gets, it again, I think it just plays to the wrong side of Ja. Like Ja needs some accountability partners in his life. He needs some people that aren't yes men that aren't giving him terrible advice. And I'll I'll mention one other thing, and then I know we can get to Steve here. The Grizzlies as a whole, the team. They run kind of hot. They're cocky. They talk a lot for a team that hasn't done very much. You know, you've had these incidents. You've had guys. You had the Donovan Mitchell deal with uh, Dylan Brooks. You've had all sorts of kind of chippiness. You had chippiness with the T-Wolves last year. Then you had chippiness with the Warriors. Jaw talks a lot. All these guys talk a lot. I get it, but... It seems like that's also the worst impulses of Ja Morant. Like, all of this is putting up this facade. You mentioned the suburbs thing. Maybe not the suburbs, but we know a lot of guys that have made it to the league that have stories that would make you not even want to listen to Jaws because Jaws doesn't compare, like, in any way, shape, or form in terms of what they've had to deal with and overcome. Ja getting there, that's a blessing. But I'll tell you, I don't care how talented you are. It takes one real bad mistake and your career's over. It takes one real Life's bad piece of judgment. Your around. life is over. exactly yeah. right. Like, I don't want this to end tragically. I want to watch this kid do his thing. I want to watch this guy grow into a man before our eyes and just become an absolute supernova of a star in a sport that really could use him, that needs him. And he's a guy that, look, he's got kids that, that look up to him. He's got people that want to be the next Ja Morant, and it's real, real quick for that to have happened. And at the same time, everything you're seeing about Ja Morant right now is about poor judgments that have nothing to do with the basketball floor. And that's got to stop. And I'm hoping that this apology, which, I mean, that's the right thing to say. What was said is the right thing to say. I hope that he actually realizes, you know what? I've been, I've been flying too close to the sun. Like, I've got to back away. I've got to turn the temperature down, realize where I find myself in life. He's at a crossroads. He can become something truly special for a very, very long time, or he can become the next 30 for 30. It's up for it's up to him. I don't disagree. And last little thought on this because I want to toss it over to Desager. Then the combo. We'll talk a little bit about the combine and the rest of the the news of the day. Um, you know, you mentioned other people coming from worse backgrounds, and again, we're not here to compare and say whatever. 
But, I mean, you look at somebody like LeBron James, and, and mm-hmm. for all the criticism he gets, and I've been one to criticism criticize him plenty, um, you know, we know the story. Single parent, you know, single parent, had him at 16 years old. Oh, by the way, he gets to the league. He stayed out of trouble. We've never seen anything like this. And, oh, by the way, he still has his high school friends around as well. But he's elevated those guys. Rich Paul is now one of the most powerful agents in the world. Mav Carter is running a, a multi-media. you know, media. I don't even know everything that Mav Carter and those guys have their hands on. LeBron elevating the people around them, holding him, holding them to a really high standard. Uh, hopefully this is a lesson for John Moran. And this is something, you know, we're obviously, look, we got four hours on air. We're going to revisit this plenty throughout the show. But as you said, Jason, John Moran has some growing up to do. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, busy day, busy week in Indy with the Combine. We'll discuss all that next. Before we do, though... Let's get over the news desk. Steve DeSager, what's up, buddy? Hello, gentlemen. You mentioned LeBron James. He was in a gym watching his kid with playoff games this week and wearing a walking boot, by the way. LeBron is out at least three weeks. He's just going to be reevaluated in three weeks with the foot injury, tendon injury. And D'Angelo Russell still out this weekend with a sprained ankle. And the Lakers are hosting Steph Curry and Golden State tomorrow. Warriors have won five straight. Curry's been out one month. He is probable to return. You mentioned the NBA story today. Grizzly star John Morant will miss at least two games. He has apologized for an Instagram live stream. Houston had lost 11 games in a row, but was a winner tonight at San Antonio, 122-110. That's a Spurs team that recently had lost 16 straight. Milwaukee has won 16 games in a row. And the Milwaukee Bucks are winning tonight. Early fourth quarter, it's Bucks 99-94 over Philadelphia. Drew Holiday with 18 points and 11 assists. And how about March Madness, ladies and gentlemen? You mentioned it earlier in the show. We've got a conference tournament final going on right now in the final half minute of overtime of the Ohio Valley Conference tourney. Unknown Southeast Missouri State is leading Tennessee Tech 86-82, each team about a 500 overall record. But this Southeast Missouri team, which is, I repeat, 30 seconds away from the dance, was the five seed in this conference. They won a game Wednesday. They won a quarterfinal Thursday. They beat the one seed Moorhead State in the Friday semi. And here they are in the Saturday championship game in Evansville, Indiana. And we're going to have a team to look out somewhat similar tomorrow in the Big South final in Charlotte. Campbell, 16 and 17 is going up against UNC Asheville. College basketball's number one ranked team, Houston, ends the regular season tomorrow at Memphis. There's a game on Fox TV Sunday with Illinois against number five, Purdue. As for Fox TV tonight, 14th ranked Connecticut was a winner at Villanova, 71-59. Number two, Alabama lost today at Texas A&M, 67-61. Texas down Kansas, 75-59. Late night, great matchup. Top 10 at Pauley Pavilion. It's Arizona over UCLA 23-22 in the first half. A lot of upsets today, although as we've talked about on the show before, 
not quite the degree of upsets that you've gotten in previous seasons with college hoops because anybody can beat anybody this yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. If nobody's good, can there be upset? No. Yeah, I was about to say, upset, <laughs> like, upset doesn't even really factor in if I don't believe in any of the favorites yeah. to begin with. But they weren't all picking pick games, so yes, somebody was favored nah, and lost. But uh, Iowa State did win at number 7 Baylor. West Virginia beat 11th-ranked Kansas State. Auburn over number 12 Tennessee. Tennessee Vols in about the last month are 4-6. and six. Miami beat Pitt 78-76. Miami Hurricanes finished tied for first in the ACC with Virginia, but beat Virginia head-to-head. And it was Seton Hall winning at number 20 Providence. Oklahoma over number 22 TCU. As for the NHL, the Boston Bruins won their 10th straight game. And we do have an upstate, an update, I should say, on the game that was on FX tonight. You know, there are three total XFL games this weekend on FX. I know Jason knows that, but there, I didn't know that, so that's great. Thank there you was that. one tonight with Josh Gordon. You remember that wide receiver from the NFL? Oh, my goodness, yes. Playing for uh, the Seattle somethings. He had six receptions, 118 yards, two touchdown receptions from Ben DiNucci, who threw for four TDs, and a comeback win for the Seattle Sea Dragons at Vegas, 30-26. to Notable that the XFL team in Vegas is playing at old Cashman Field, which for decades was a triple-A ballpark just north of the Strip. And I mean it's an old, old park. So they recently just got a new triple-A ballpark, and the Oakland A's are there in town playing at the new baseball stadium spring training uh, exhibition games this weekend ironically a the triple a team is the a's affiliate and b the a's are trying to get a new stadium if not in the bay area in vegas so yeah there was xfl in vegas but not exactly top of the list of uh stories there and we do have a final Mm -hmm. southeast missouri state out of nowhere is going to the dance. Ohio Valley Conference champions, the five seeds advance. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. By the way, uh, for the, the, the College Hoops nerds, I actually have been saying this is the first uh, NCAA tournament bid that's been clinched. I guess technically, little little caveat here, so Fairleigh Dickinson and... Uh, and uh, in the Mer- uh, they're playing Merrimack in their conference championship game. But Merrimack is one of these schools that is not yet eligible for the NCAA tournament because they haven't been in the NCAA for four years. So I guess by technicality, Fairleigh Dickinson is playing a game in which they, whether they win or lose, will get the automatic bid in their conference. So I don't know if anybody besides the, anybody besides me cares about that kind of stuff, but we technically have a second tournament bid clinch. Southeast Missouri State is the other one. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin here on a Saturday night. You know, Jason, I, I think we talked about this um, last week. And uh, I remember us talking a little bit about the Combine, but Combine is underway, obviously, in Indy, and we're going to get to Jalen Carter to lead the top of the next hour. Um, But why I bring it up is because... It felt like today, today was really like a day. Like the, the, the QBs through, the quarterbacks that were going to throw through, everybody's measured, all that good stuff. Um, where are you? I think we've probably talked about this, but where are you at on Bryce Young? He, he measured in at five foot 10, right around 200 pounds. Um, it was very interesting because um, 
It was very interesting to me because, uh, you know, I, I remember being in this time slot talking with Arnie Spanier many years ago about Kyler Murray when he made the decision to give up baseball to go play in the NFL. And I remember sitting there saying, he's too small, he's going to get killed out there. Bryce Young almost verbatim, inch for inch, pound for pound, measured at almost the exact same height and weight as Kyler Murray. Uh, where are you at with Bryce Young, uh, who obviously measured today at the Combine and, uh, you know, one of many stories coming out of Indy this week? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I liked his comment that he's always been this size because it's like, hey, I'm here for a reason, right? Like, my height and everything, it's not like this is news. I know where I actually measured in, 5'10 and an eighth, 204, nine three-quarter inch hands, all this stuff. But this has always been true. It was true at Alabama. It was true prior to Alabama. And I've been pretty good along the way. Here's the thing about the comparison to Kyler. Our issues with Kyler Murray generally don't have much to do with his size. But at the but when he when he came to the league though, I think Maybe prior to the Dan, when the Dan Patrick interview happened, that was kind of when it was like, eh, we might have a little situation yeah. here. But were did we have any issues outside of the size and weight? You know, in the lead up to the draft, which is obviously where Bryce Young is right now, Jason. Not necessarily. I think it's just like it's hard now if you want to make the comparison with Bryce Young and Kyler Murray. It's hard because we already know some other stuff about Kyler Murray that gives us kind of a sour feeling about him. Just the attitude and the stories that have leaked out of there and just how it's gone and how it seems to have deteriorated over the last couple of years and all this. We've never had a question about the leadership qualities of Bryce Young, the intangible stuff, all of that. Those were always sort of the questions is, Kyler Murray's a little aloof. Kyler Murray not necessarily play well with others and all these other kinds of things that were kind of out there and have we've learned more and more about. So when you make that comparison, it's like it, it's hard to separate it, but Bryce has all of those things. So if it's just the size, I don't know that that's enough. If Kyler ended up going number one, and we know the question marks, and now you're looking at it and say, well, he's the smallest since Kyler. All right, well, if he's the smallest since Kyler – but he has all of this this other skill set, the leadership, the intangibles, all of those kinds of things that we have seen. Uh, seems to me that's still a good bet. Like, you, you pass on Bryce Young at your own risk. For some reason, I'm just not as concerned about him, for instance, as I was about Tua. Because I just don't think he was banged up to the same degree. Yeah, he actually got hurt a little bit this year. But he ended up still playing in their final games and playing well along the way. I just... I'm buying the Bryce Young stock anybody drops. I really think that that kid is special. One thing that I, know, I remember us talking about last week is that you know if it, you know the 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 Tua thing is interesting because one thing that's worth noting with Bryce Young and we'll come back and talk Will Levis and, and Anthony Richardson who both tested and, and performed well today. Um, the Tua stuff, like like everyone's like, oh, you know, it's another small quarterback at Alabama, and injury prone quarterback at Alabama. Well, let's remember Bryce Young's injury was a freak. Reaching out, it had nothing to do with size or anything like that. He could have been six foot five, Anthony Richardson, and had the same injury. Tua, obviously, we were talking about a hip, we were talking about a knee, we were talking about an ankle, we were talking about all, all sorts of things with Tua. And so I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I, if the it, it, obviously, look, 
Who goes number one, how it all goes down, it, it remains to be seen because we don't even know who's picking number one at this point is the Bears, according to Adam Schefter, very actively trying to move that pick. But I'm with you. If, if I'm going QB at the top, Bryce Young is my guy. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. Coming back, we'll talk about the other two QBs of intrigue, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, testing off the charts, Jason Martin. But can he complete a pass? We'll discuss that next, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrec.com studios. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about the NFL Combine. We'll get to Jalen Carter to lead the next hour, but we're starting with the quarterbacks. Bryce Young measuring in 5'10", right around 200 pounds. Uh, but there are other quarterbacks, and, and, and you know, I think, I don't want to say there's not as much, in, like, like, Bryce Young, I don't know how to describe it because there are certainly questions, but I don't think there's like confusion about him. Like we, we know who he is. He's a great quarterback. It's just at that height, at that weight, can he survive a 17-game NFL season plus the playoffs? A lot more questions about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Let's start with Anthony Richardson. Um, <laughs> I'm just seeing this, that apparently today he referred to himself as Cam Jackson part Cam Newton, part Lamar Jackson. So credit to him. He certainly leads the combine in confidence. But, man, you know, Jason, I'll say this, man. Like, measured in today, six foot four, 244 pounds, and set an NFL combine record for the vertical leap with 40 inches, 40, 40, in, 40 and a half inches, and then, oh, by the way, ran a cool 443 40-yard dash. Um I have thoughts on him as a quarterback, but I will say 
I do understand that the talent, he is certainly the most intriguing talent in this draft, even though we have to call a spade a spade and acknowledge that when he was actually on the field, he completed 54% of his passes. Jason, where are you at on, uh, on Anthony Richardson? I mean, what you just said is accurate in terms of the numbers that the numbers were eye popping. They absolutely were at his height to run that fast, to be that agile, all that. And we know he's got a cannon too. question is, can he hit anybody? question is, can his passes find receivers on a consistent basis? His numbers during the season, I think he was like 110th in terms of catchable balls thrown by quarterbacks in college this past year. He's so raw. He, but he's also like, man, he's he is definitely the cake on the dessert line where you're just like, man, I know I should not eat that, right? Like that, that thing is loaded with sugar. It's loaded with everything, but boy, it looks really good. Like I, I might need to take this risk. It's possible I might have to work it off, but I might need to take this risk because I don't know if I'm going to have an opportunity to see something. If he were able to actually harness the accuracy to go with all this, we're talking about something we would still be talking about two decades from right now. That's how good he is. And look, if you listen to people that cover Florida pretty closely, they sort of knew they were just like, I mean, when Anthony Richardson hits the field, he j- it just looks different. Everything about it looks different. Unfortunately, it didn't necessarily translate on the football side on a consistent basis. If you're inconsistent in the NFL, that's a death knell. But his accuracy was a little better at the Combine. He did himself a ton of favors. He put himself into a discussion about where he should go and all of this. There's going to there's be a team that's going to take that risk, and if it pays off, it's going to be one of the great decisions ever. There's just, there, there, are, there is such a boom-bust potential here because the talent is so raw and there's still so much left that needs to be developed. It's just... I, you know, it's so funny, right? Because, like, we, one, we do, you and I do this for a living, but because of the time slot we're in, because of our backgrounds, like, we're, I don't want to say we're more qualified to talk about the, but, like, we've probably watched more actual Anthony Richardson in, you know, like in live action than most people who do our job. And that's not a criticism mm-hmm. of them. Everybody's busy. I get it. It just happens that half of Anthony Richardson's games were on during our time slot. And so, I'll say this is like, it's just so funny how this whole process works because I was the guy that like two weeks ago when, oh, you know, Anthony Richardson, you know, people are starting to talk. I was like, come on, man. I watched all the games. He ain't it. But then you see him in person and obviously wasn't in person in the combine, but you see him in those shorts, in that t-shirt. It's just funny how this draft process works. And I know, Jason, I, I know we, we're going to have another five weeks to talk about this, but like, I will say I was the guy that two, three weeks ago was like, I'm out, don't care, don't care what he measures at. Then I saw him today and I was like, eh, I, could, I could see myself if I was a GM yeah. talking myself into taking him in the top 10. So, so we agree. I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. You couldn't be upset about it at this point, right? Like, if somebody wants to take the risk, it's like, you know, I understand why you did that. <laughs> Yes, and it'll be interesting to see, obviously, a lot of movement still to be determined just to figure out who's drafting in what order before the actual draft, uh, let alone where everybody's landing. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin here. Coming up, back to the Combine. Disappointing story of the week, Jalen Carter. That's next.
Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome in, everybody. Hour 2, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin here on a Saturday night into Sunday morning. About 20 minutes from now, Dan Lust, a legal expert, sports law expert, law professor, will join us for what is unfortunately a very busy time for those in the sports law space. Obviously, we led the show talking John Morant. We've talked quite a bit the last couple weeks about the Brandon Miller situation at Alabama. And there was another very, very, very unfortunate situation that emerged this week in sports law uh, involving the NFL. And so I'll set it up, toss it over to Jason. We'll talk about it a little bit, but I'm sure most people probably saw this news. I, I, mean, I don't know how you could be a sports fan and you don't see it. Uh, but Jalen Carter, a defensive player from Georgia, projected by some to be the, the number one overall pick in the draft. I think obviously depending on who has the pick, uh, that's going to play a role. But a, a guy that's pretty much a universal top five talent in the sport uh, coming into the draft. Uh, we found out about his involvement in a tragic car accident that led to the death of two people involved in Georgia football. Uh, back, it was ironically, Jason, it was the same weekend as the Brandon Miller situation. Um, but on the Georgia campus, uh, there was a car crash on the, the January 15th, 16th, in that kind of overnight window um, that that took the life of a, a, young rec- a young woman who was recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix and a football player at Georgia, uh, Devin Willock. They, this was the day of the Georgia National Championship Parade after beating TCU. They were out late. There was a car crash. Well, Jason, we found out uh, this week that as part of that crash, um, they were uh, the, the, the 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 car that crashed was racing, and um, you know the uh, the person who they were racing against was Jalen Carter, again the star uh, defensive player for Georgia. Uh, He was charged with two misdemeanor crimes. He actually left Indianapolis on, I believe it was Wednesday, returned to Georgia, uh, put himself, kind of turned himself over to police, uh, was let out on bond, and actually returned to Indianapolis to answer questions about this situation, Jason. But uh, a tragic situation again uh, on a college campus. Young people are no longer with us, and we find out that the reason they're not with us, they were racing, and that Jalen Carter was in the other car. Jalen Carter, two misdemeanor charges again uh, earlier this week, Jason. Another sad story. Obviously tragic, as you mentioned. Um we were talking about John Morant in the first hour and my feeling that the younger you are and the more impressionable you are, if you're surrounding yourself with certain people, it can lead you to feel invincible. And I think all of us, when we're younger, we, we act like we're invincible. We do things that as you grow older, you realize, yeah, man, I probably, and I think this is true. I can look back on some of the things that I did when I was a teenager even maybe in my early 20s and think, man, it's it's fortunate that I am here at all because I did some absolutely foolish things. And I think most of the people listening could, could look back in their own past and see those moments where it's just like, what was I thinking? Like, it, it's such a blessing that the world didn't decide uh, to really show me its teeth in those moments. This situation – 
I, there's only one place that I went to immediately here. And I know we can talk about the larger cultural thing in terms of the Georgia football culture and what Kirby Smart had to say and all of that. But I'm in Nashville. I covered the Titans for a long, long time. I watched Isaiah Wilson drafted and watched his tenure here. He was a first-round draft pick a few years ago. It was in the 20s. It was late in the 20s. But turned out to be one of, the, one of, if not the biggest bust that you'll ever see. He played four snaps, I believe, for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, his biggest issue, other than the pressure of trying to you know, bring his family, like where he came from in New York, like his family was looking at him to, for everything. He was the hope. He was the way. He spent a ton of money, blew it all, blew his entire signing bonus, all this other kind of stuff, got overweight, out of shape. And he's a Georgia football player, mind you, a Georgia offensive lineman that had talent, they said, as a guard to be a pro bowler. And he couldn't stop buying expensive, dangerous cars at high speeds and then not knowing how to drive them and sometimes doing so while impaired. He drove at high speeds. He hit walls. He hit brick embankments here in Nashville. I'm talking Hellcats here. Like, that was his problem. And we all knew it. Like, the people that covered the team, people that knew him, people that were plugged into the NFL world, uh, great journalists here in Nashville, we all knew that this was a horrifying situation. And we were wondering, it's like, what was going on at Georgia at this point in time? Because we didn't know about this, and we find out there were red flags, that there were there were people that seemed to know and didn't even have him on their draft board anywhere. Despite him being a first-round talent, potential top-ten pick, you couldn't take him because there were red flags. The only reason I mentioned the Isaiah Wilson thing is because he played in Georgia, and it's car-related, and it's fast car-related, and it's reckless driving-related. And this is not the only incident. And it's not the Jalen Carter incident isn't the only incident either, Aaron. And I know we haven't talked all about that, but this is a concerning thing. High speeds in cars that are very hard to control anyway in certain cases. And again, this feeling of invincibility that comes with being an athlete on that level, it can lead you to do some things that can end tragically as they did in the Jalen Carter situation. Well, yeah, and, and, and there's a couple things here. Um, you know, one, so so I, I think, you know, my thought is this, is that, and we can get to the Georgia element of it in a minute, and, you know, I, I don't I don't know enough about the the J, uh, Isaiah Wilson situation to you know it's, it's four or five years before whatever, but why I bring it up is because you know you said you said that when you were young you made a lot of dumb decisions and you know some situations you're probably lucky to be here. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't do the same. That I and, and you know one thing about me I always try to be transparent. I'm not perfect. I made many mistakes when I was younger. I make mistakes to this day. I made some today, I'm sure. I will say this for anybody that's young that's driving around listening to us or, or listening to us however they may. Like I can definitively say I don't think that I ever drove a hundred plus miles an hour through residential areas, sure. mm-hmm. um, which is what Jalen Carter is accused of doing kind of in this, um, you know, in, in this report, um, you know, and, and even more, you know, tragically, but also, you know, stupidly, if we're being totally transparent, um, we found out later that the driver of the other car had a blood alcohol level twice the legal limit. Um, And so I I guess, 
you know, there's there's two things is it's tragic. It's awful. There are two young people that have lost their lives. Um, but also the Jalen Carter situation, as crazy as it sounds, Jason, and this almost reminds me of the Brandon Miller situation from this perspective. I don't want to diminish the fact that two people lost their lives. This could have and maybe should have been a lot worse than it ended up being. I want to read from you the police report of what he is accused of doing along with the other car that crashed. According to the police report, the evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in the opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. And so I don't want to compare Brandon Miller to this, but but when I look at the Brandon Miller situation, if you believe the timeline of events laid out by Brandon Miller's lawyer, Brandon Miller, according to his lawyer, never left his car, yet his car ended, ended up leaving that scene with two bullet holes in it. I bring it up to say, Brandon Miller, if you believe the timeline laid out by his lawyer, is lucky to be alive. Jalen Carter is very much lucky to be alive. The two survivors in the car crash that did survive are lucky to be alive. And Jalen Carter's lucky that there weren't pedestrians, citizens of the town of Athens, that were killed because of his stupidity. So I went in a lot of different directions there. I apologize, Jason, but I, I think that's worth noting as well. Is that and, and maybe, you know, after Dan Lust, we talk about the Kirby Smart element of this, but yes, it's two misdemeanors. I'm not a lawyer. We'll ask Dan Lust if he's looking at jail time. But this is just so stupid on... You can do dumb stuff without putting other people's lives in danger. Uh But that's what Jalen Carter and and the folks in the other car did. Again, I don't want to diminish the fact that we lost two young people to to death in this situation. But as crazy as it sounds, this could have been much, much worse. I mean, judgment, awful. Especially for somebody that has this much... Yes. You know, sitting in front of him. The same thing we we're talking about when it came to John Morant, but in a different way, certainly in a different story here. Judgment matters when it comes to some of these teams that are thinking about turning over, you know, part of their franchise to you to entrust you with a first round draft pick. And I would say this, this air of invincibility that that sometimes comes with being young and, and especially young and powerful in terms of that is you, know, you play football in Georgia. <laughs> And you are a key contributor. You're a potential number one overall draft pick kind of talent. There is a certain – it's hard that that wouldn't end up in your mind. But I will tell you this. The car doesn't care how many points you beat TCU by. That car that you're behind the wheel of and the car that, you know, was also involved in this crash, unfortunately, that car doesn't care what your signing bonus is going to be. It doesn't matter. Like It's completely irrelevant. Your stature, who you are, what you can become, what you've been, completely irrelevant to a situation that you put yourself in. You do. I, I do think that there should come more responsibility in your own brain when you have that much to risk, when you have that much to lose. And yeah, look, lives, it doesn't matter. I, I don't care if you're going to be the number one pick or you're going to you know, work at a grocery store or whatever. Like Jobs irrelevant here when it comes to life and death. But if you're going to be the number one draft pick and you have all of this, you got to be careful. You got to be careful in the decisions you make. I would be so – if I was going to be the number one I draft know, pick, I, I would be so careful. I, I would be afraid to walk to get my mail. 
because I'd be afraid that somehow I'd break a foot and I'd lose millions of dollars in the process. I'd wrap myself in bubble wrap, and maybe that's why I would never be the number one pick. But it just seems to me, why are you street racing when you have this much coming? And you only have a few months before this all becomes reality for you. Why would you put that on the line for something that is just so it's so fleeting, so unnecessary, and so reckless. Well, and that's and and that's exactly it. Is that you know even out even outside of the fact that you're going to be the 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 potential top five pick, and you are and I don't know his background. I don't know if he's going to quote unquote change his family's life or anything like that. But you're 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 five weeks away, two months away. Well, I guess this was in January, so four months away from changing your life forever. And like it's just it's so idiotic. And and the other thing too is Jason, like. It's just something, and I was thinking about this, and again, I'm far from perfect, whatever. But I, I know I can definitively say I never drove 104 miles an hour through a residential area, let alone when I had that much on the line. Um, and by the way, I should mention that according to police, Jalen Carter showed no signs of intoxication. The, the other car, the driver, was allegedly drunk, so I want to make sure that that's at least out there. But why I bring it up, with this, with this, um, with this uh, racing incident, uh, something I thought of is... Like, what was the best case scenario for Jalen Carter that night? Like, like what? Like, like what is the 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 end game? Like, like what is it? You get to say, "Oh, I beat you in a race," and now we go home and go to bed. Like, like you know, there. It's just I don't know. I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. It's no, what you're going to like the. <laughs> What's the what's the end game here? Exactly. What's the benefit? What's the prize? You win the race? That's what I mean. Like that ain't a prize, man. Like that this isn't even a Fast and Furious movie. Like there there's no was there a girl at the end of this? Like I, I have no idea, but I can tell you that whatever trophy you were going to get in the pride category was not worth getting behind the wheel in the first place, sober or drunk. Glad uh, glad that that's the case that he wasn't intoxicated, but it's just like and that's why you've got to be careful who you surround yourself with because if you've got the right people around you in that moment, they're the ones that will hold you accountable. Jalen, bro, you can't do this. Yeah. Sorry, man. Like, I know you want to do this. I love racing too. You got too much to lose. We got like you've got to have somebody that loves you enough to stop you from doing some of the things you feel like you need to do. I don't disagree, and unfortunately, that seems as though it's a theme of uh, of today's tonight's show with the John Morant situation, the Jalen Carter situation, uh, and even a situation we haven't talked about, which is Brandon Miller, the situation in Alabama. But I'll tell you who we will discuss all this with: Dan Lust, a sports law expert and a law professor in the state of New York, New York, uh, NYC law, and also Fordham law. He is going to join us next. We're going to talk about all of this. What's at stake from a legal perspective for John Morant, Jalen Carter, Brandon Miller, and more? Aaron Torres, Jason Martin here on a Saturday night, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. And we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We are efforting Dan Lust right now. I don't believe that we yet have him, Jason. So, Jason, let's continue this conversation on Jalen Carter, because I I do think there's another element of this that I I do want to talk about with you, and it involves exactly what you kind of led last segment with to lead the show, which is, um, you know, everything at Georgia. And, and, you know, I I think that there is very much uh, a belief that when situations like this happen, um, these are college athletes. These are grown men. You know, we want to say all the time, these are grown men. They deserve to get paid. They deserve to do this. They deserve to that. And so why I bring it up is because, you know, I, I don't, I, I think sometimes there's a rush to place blame on everyone other than the person who did the dumb thing. And in this case, Jalen Carter very clearly did a dumb thing. But why I bring it up is because I, I, I want to give you some details outside of everything that we know about the Jalen Carter situation that we just discussed. Because it's worth noting that when it comes to Jalen Carter, uh, a couple things stand out. One, he had a previous um, situation where he was charged with, uh, uh, he, you know, he'd been pulled over for speeding previously. Um, and then on top of that, it's worth noting that another starter on the national championship team, uh, inside linebacker Jamin Dumas Johnson, was allegedly racing himself. Uh, and he was pulled over five days earlier going 75 miles an hour in, again, a residential zone. And I bring it up because, you know, second incident involving Jalen Carter, two deaths that have obviously happened. Jalen Demas Johnson, a, a, a separate player who was not involved in this incident, was also charged for speeding. Um, and Kirby Smart did release a statement, you know, uh, following the situation, saying the charges today are deeply concerning, especially as we are still struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with authorities while we while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from the horrible tragedy. I guess what I'm trying to ask you, Jason, is this, is that do you blame – blame is not the right word. Does Kirby Smart 
at all hold responsibility for what his players do once they leave the facility, especially knowing that this was at minimum the third driving-related offense uh, in about four or five months prior to this situation. Like, do you, do you think Kirby Smart is at all responsible for, for anything to do with this? It's a tough question to ask because I don't know what he has said to his players behind the scenes. I know what he has told us. He has said, he said, look, we have told them about the risks of high speeds and reckless driving and all of that kind of stuff, drugs and alcohol, gambling. And I, I believe him. Like, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't do that. I, I wonder, though, look, we, we have had these kind of situations in the past, not this specific kind of thing, but, I mean, I think the big example you go back to and think about is Urban Meyer at Florida and everything that was going on there and how out of control it got. And you look at Georgia and you say, well, you don't want it to go down that pathway. I don't know that, that it's very far down that pathway, but I can tell you that in his own mind, Kirby Smart has to realize Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying, and I'm certainly not going to tell people we have a culture issue, but I need to figure out if this is prevalent because maybe the coach is the last to know. The problem is the coach cannot be the last to know. The coach has got to figure things out. He has to know what's happening inside his program, and then he needs to be able to address that in the moment. And so I, I don't know what he knew and I don't know how seriously he takes this. I hope, I understand what he's saying, and I, I, I don't know that we can really judge the comments that he's making, but I can tell you that behind closed doors, Kirby Smart needs to get a handle on this. He needs to make sure that his guys don't feel a sense of entitlement that is making them do foolish things thinking they're untouchable. It's so, Sorry, uh, were, were you done, Jason? I didn't mean to cut yeah, you Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, it, it's actually very interesting because I was at the national championship game in Los Angeles against TCU, and that was like the first thing that Kirby Smart talked about, and I think he might have talked about it on the broadcast, and obviously being at the game covering it, you don't get to hear what he says on, on live TV, but he basically acknowledged, like, this was supposed to be the rebuilding year. Like, we were really good last year, and then we lost a ton, and a lot of our best players aren't even draft eligible. Now, Jalen Carter's obviously an exception. But why I bring it up, he said, we got to make sure that entitlement doesn't creep into this program. And so it's interesting that he brought it up himself. But then it's also, it's interesting because, you know, it goes back to, I remember Barry Switzer said something about this when he was the head coach of the Cowboys. And I'm paraphrasing here, so I'm not quoting him verbatim. But he basically said, he said, the difference between being an NFL head coach and being a college head coach is when you're a college head coach and a 21-year-old goes out and does something dumb, it falls on your plate. When you're an NFL head coach, that same 21-year-old that's now 22 does the same thing. Nobody's blaming the head coach. And so this is one where I don't think I blame Kirby Smart. And I don't think that he actively and, – and, and I, by the way, I didn't get a sense at all from being around that team for a couple of days that there was a sense of entitlement within the program. But I do think that this is something that he very much – has to get his arms around. And I'm, I've am i never been a college football coach, so I don't know if it's immediate suspension. Immediate, like, you can't be doing this, Jason, because it's not just, you know, like, you're a, 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 
what's the right word? A public safety threat. If you're driving a yeah, hundred, yeah. you know, a hundred plus miles an hour in residential, like you, you just you can't do that. And so, um, I I don't think it's a I don't think Kirby Smart is to blame per se. But I think you know going into spring ball, he's got to have a conversation. Like you just can't do this. And um, again, yeah, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. I'll tell you. I what. mean, he has to be the father figure, right? Yes. Like I mean, eventually, and and that's the thing. Like I don't know that there is some kind of pervasive problem, and I'm not sure that Kirby Smart does either. But what Kirby Smart's job needs to be over the next few months is to figure out if there is a problem, if there is some kind of an issue, if there's some kind of growing culture that needs to be curtailed, that there needs to be some new degree of accountability, some new degree of responsibility. Now we all kind of know there have been a few incidents. Kirby Smart knows we all know it, but we also know that he knows it because we know it. So now it does fall a little bit more on his plate. He can't control what people are going to do away from him, but he does have discipline. He does have something where he can say, look, you're not going to be on the field for me if you keep doing things like this, putting you at risk, your reputation, your family, your future, and my reputation, and our reputation as a university. You're a representative here. There's a lot that goes into this. There's a responsibility that comes along with the privilege of playing football at the University of Georgia. This next few months, it's critical for Kirby Smart to evaluate internally what's going on in the program if there is an issue and to address it head on i don't disagree with any of it and it's it's an issue that's it seems very solvable right i mean if you have a a a drug issue or an alcohol issue i mean those are things that can be you know uh, biological basically for lack of a better term you don't need to hit the gas going 104 miles per hour in a residential zone i'll tell you what dan lust is here with us but We'll toss it over to the news desk. We'll get to Steve DeSager. We'll tell us what's trending, and then we will get to our friend Dan Lust for his thoughts on Jalen Carter. DeSager, what's up? Well, we had quite an NBA game at Milwaukee tonight. The Bucks had won 16 in a row. The Bucks had a lead of 14 points over Philly to start the fourth quarter, and the Sixers won the game, 133-130. to James Harden, 38 points, and Philly was still down in the final minute, but Philadelphia wound up scoring 48 points in the fourth quarter of this comeback win. The late game has Sacramento winners of five straight, losing at home with six and a half minutes left. Third quarter, it's Minnesota 91-77 over the Kings. Earlier wins for Miami and Cleveland. Toronto got an overtime win, and Houston ended an 11-game losing streak with a victory at San Antonio, one 22 to 110. The Spurs play at Houston on Sunday. This is a Spurs team that had actually won two in a row right after a 16-game losing streak. Grizzly star John Morant will miss at least two games. He has apologized for an Instagram live stream the league is investigating. Morant averaging 27 points and eight assists per game this season. And John Morant starts a five-year contract extension next season worth about $200 million. Memphis is second in the Western Conference, one game up on Sacramento right now. Memphis's next two games that he'll be missing are in L.A. against the Clippers tomorrow night against the Lakers Tuesday night. Grizzlies record the last six weeks just seven and 11 in the nhl boston won its 10th straight game victories for dallas buffalo and winnipeg nascar's on fox tv again tomorrow from las vegas 3 30 p.m eastern time joey logano earned the poll the ohio valley conference basketball championship game was tonight and in overtime a win for southeast missouri state they're going to the dance beating tennessee tech 89 82 in ot 
Southeast Missouri went 15 and 16 and then won four straight this week in four days. They're going. And you mentioned earlier, Aaron, Northeast Conference final won't be till Tuesday, but the semis were tonight. Fairleigh Dickinson is in. They clinched their NCAA tournament berth because the top seed they'll be facing is ineligible for the dance at this point. So Fairleigh Dickinson, which was 4-22 and last season, is going to the NCAA tournament. We do have three notable games still going in college hoops right now. 12 minutes left at fourth-ranked UCLA. Bruins ahead of eighth-ranked Arizona, 53-44. About 10 minutes to go at number 18 San Diego State. Aztecs 50-33 over Wyoming. And in a quarterfinal in Vegas of the West Coast Conference Tournament, BYU leads 47-41 over Loyola Marymount with about 12 minutes left. The late game, and I mean late in Vegas, there's another one after this, a quarterfinal with San Santa Clara and San Francisco. Texas beat Kansas 75-59 and Miami down Pitt 78-76. The Miami Hurricanes finished tied for first in the ACC with Virginia, but the Canes beat Virginia head-to-head before Christmas long ago, that one. Regular season ending this weekend. Back to you. Thank you, Steve DeSager. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. And as promised, Joining us on the phone, a sports attorney, co-host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast, a professor at New York Law School and Fordham Law, Dan Lust. What'd you fall asleep on the couch, Dan Lust? Where you been, man? We're waiting for you. Uh, you know, it is 11.30 on the East Coast, yeah. and uh, sometimes S happens, you know, but we're here. We make it. We make it. We're here. Well, we appreciate your time, Dan, seriously, especially especially as late on the East Coast as it is. We were just talking before you came on about the Jalen Carter situation. Um, every, I think, you know, we set the scene here, but uh, two misdemeanor charges. You, you can take it whatever way you want, Dan, from a legal perspective, from a whatever perspective. It doesn't appear as though if 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 nothing new comes out that he's going to jail, but obviously not the smartest move for a, a potential top five pick uh, to make. What'd you make of the entire Jalen Carter situation this week? You know, it's funny, Aaron. You and I were talking about this somewhat recently. I don't I don't know what's in the waters recently between the uh, you know, Brandon Miller situation, Jalen Carter, you having some top players in the college sports realm getting into trouble. So, um, you know, I. I, I guess at a, at a higher level, again, another other thing you and I kind of spoke about, people in the kind of in the sports media space, just in you know, in Twitter in general, I think everyone's got to take a step back, right? In, in our country, innocent until proven guilty has to mean something for a reason. We can't just assume because we're hearing, right, Jalen Carter arrested that he's actually done something wrong. That's that's a very big tenet of our country. So, um, you know, obviously we're in the middle of the combine. We'll see how the draft stocks impacted. We'll see how this impacts, you know, the, the remainder of his life, but. Let's not assume just because an arrest is made that that actually means that someone has actually committed some type of a crime. Obviously, you know, beyond all reasonable doubt is a very high burden, and we'll see. But I want to give people that kind of tenant up front. Brandon Miller, you can take that one wherever you'd like it as well. You, you just said, you know, a lot of things are, are kind of happening right around the same period of time, and they seem to be happening around guys with very, very bright futures. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I don't, again, I don't really know what's in the water, and obviously two very different situations. Um, you know, Brandon Miller, uh, and you know, Aaron, Aaron and I were talking about this as it was kind of happening, but, um, you know, again, a situation where sometimes, right, people read the headline, and they don't actually read the article, right? They read the little thumbnail on Twitter, but without actually reading it. So there was a kind of a, a, a nugget that dropped in this uh, Brandon Miller situation that at some point, Brandon Miller, I think the words in the headlines were like, delivered the gun, 
to Darius Miles. And for those that aren't following, obviously, you know, it's a, a tragic event where, you know, two, two individuals are charged with capital murder. So there actually was a fatality involved here. But when you say that Brandon Miller delivered the murder weapon, a lot of people rush to a lot of conclusions. So, um, you know, we had Brandon Miller's attorney speak out. We had Alabama basketball speak out, really kind of disputing this term delivery, right? They are saying that maybe a gun happened to have been in someone's car, but it wasn't transferred with the intent that is actually going to be used in some type of crime. So, again, not, not that, you know, we're out here making making the rounds, telling people innocent to proven guilty, but it is really important in this day and age, right? you got 19-year-old uh, kids involved here. Um, you know, Jalen Carter is you know, 22, about to be, you know, seemingly on his path to being a professional athlete. Um, so we got to all take a step back collectively. Wait till you hear it directly from the horse's mouth. They can't just, you know, uh, see someone's name trending, see the word gun, and, and jump to any conclusions. So... Brandon Miller, so he hasn't been charged with a crime. Um, what is, from the legal perspective, so so Jalen Carter has been charged with two misdemeanors. Brandon Miller has not been charged with a crime. Why I bring it up, obviously the police have been investigating this for five, six weeks. You know, Alabama has been insistent that Brandon Miller is not a suspect, uh, although he was a witness to the crime. Um, how likely is it that some kind of new information is going to come out at this point? Um, you know, obviously, I, I think it would be probably in the negative light for Brandon Miller. But like at this point, it, it, it doesn't feel like there's going to be a criminal charge. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is there a, is it normal this late in the process for something new to come out that could somehow either positively, you know, completely clear Brandon Miller or negatively indict him in a way that maybe he doesn't want to be indicted? Yeah, I mean, let's go over the mechanism right here. Like the prosecutor's office makes a decision to charge someone. Um, that's very important. You didn't have to, and, and in the Brandon Miller situation, right? We're in March now, right? If Alabama basketball is having this hanging over their head, where Brandon Miller, right? They didn't say they were charging him or didn't say anything. They just said we were investigating it, right? We're looking into it. The situation, I don't know if we'll get into it here, right? The prosecutor's office have been looking into Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, for months. And they haven't said whether he's cleared or whether they're going to charge him with something. But there's kind of a cloud hanging over the Washington Commanders organization. If that had happened with Alabama, right, there wasn't any decision. Right, we're, we're still looking into the Brandon Miller stuff. I don't think Brandon Miller would be playing. I don't think Brandon Miller would be playing in the tournament with this hanging over his head. But the prosecutor's office didn't say, when we're still unclear, they charged two people. They said, we don't have anything to charge Brandon Miller. They could have if they wanted to, right? not charged anyone and said, you know what, we're going to figure this thing out. We need a month. We need two months. We need six months. Sometimes that happens in cases like this. Um, so the fact that they cleared him and said there's not enough here, um, I, I think that's very significant. So, you know, Aaron, you asked what's the likelihood that something's going to come out. Um, this is for, you know, lack of a better term, right, this is a kind of a one-time deal. This isn't like a six-month, you know, situation with someone's ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend situation. Uh, by all indications, it seemed to be kind of a heat-of-the-moment type deal. So there's no, you know, uh, long series of texts and, you know, uh, you know, type of emails that no one's aware of. Uh, I think all of the relevant events happen on that particular night. So it's not like they have to dig for some treasure trove of information. So I think relative to other cases, it's, I think, unlikely that they're going to find something with respect to Brandon 
Miller. Jalen Carter might be a little bit of a different story. Uh, obviously, there's some people in here, the individuals that were involved, all knew one another for a long period of time. There's kind of a web within the, the Georgia football situation that they might be looking into. So I think more likely to find information either that helps or hurts Jalen Carter, I think less likely to find stuff at this point on Brandon Miller. I was going to – I had one, but it seems like we're kind of close to a break. I don't want to get him involved in anything too big. My my only other question was, since we had you, no bigger story in the country than Alec Murdoch and what we've seen over the past six weeks. And I, I really wanted to just pick your brain, and maybe there's a podcast you can do down the road nah. that, that I could listen to where you just try to – what is it about these kind of cases – that just compel the entire country to stop everything, to pay attention to some murder trial somewhere in the country with people they don't know? Um, you know, I'll, I guess I can keep it pretty quick. I mean, it, the truth is, at least with that particular case, the Johnny Depp case, everyone just stopped what they were doing and were watching one particular trial. Um, you know, I, I, I can't really put your, your finger on it exactly. Sometimes it's just, right, so there's some wrong being done to someone. Um, or on the other side, right, there's someone that wants to get there, you know, I think the term is like schadenfreude, right? Someone has their come up, it's coming to them, and the whole country is either actively rooting for it, or in the Johnny Depp situation, right, there was a lot of people kind of saying, like, this guy's career's on the line, we have to we have to kind of show up for him. So, you know, in a situation where, you know, someone's reputation or someone's liberty is at stake, people tend to either collect or, you know, with the pitchforks or try to pitchforks and try to help him defend someone. But uh, be it O.J. Simpson or Ray Lewis back in the day, people always have their opinions with these sports cases as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, so I don't know. It's, it is interesting, but we'll see. we got two documentaries on the on the Murdoch situation. Maybe we'll dedicate a podcast to it at some point. It's pro- probably worth the eyeballs. Well, Dan, we appreciate I'll tell you what, we we can talk uh, Alex Murdoch or and all this another time. The sports law is keeping you plenty busy by itself. No we didn't even get to John Morant, by the way. That'll be for another time as well. But, Dan, we got to get out of here. We appreciate you staying up late. Again, Dan Lust, a New York uh, a professor at New York Law School, Fordham Law, also the host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Sports Law Lust. Dan, again, we appreciate you staying up late with us. Have a good night, and we'll talk soon. My pleasure, guys. That was Dan Lust, sports law expert. Follow him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. We'll react to some of what Dan said. That's next. Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. At the end of your first year, Discover Cards, credit cards, automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin from the TireRack.com studios. So, Jason, real quick, uh, there was kind of a, a an interesting story this week from the College Hoops world. Obviously, College Hoops ramping up in March. Uh, Antoine Davis came within three points of breaking Pete Maravich's all-time NCAA basketball scoring record. And it's kind of an interesting story because Antoine Davis, you know, incredible college basketball player. They lost in their conference tournament. But it was interesting because, you know, you go back and, first of all, what Pete Maravich did was incredible. He only played three years of college basketball. Antoine Davis, how about this? In his five, He played five years of college basketball. He got the extra year because of COVID. Averaged at least 23.9 points per game in five straight years of college basketball. 
he still fell short of Pete Maravich. But I'll just say this, man. I, I'm not rooting against any 22-year-old to make history. I didn't really want to see that. I mean, yeah. Pete Maravich, in three years, in three years, he averaged like 44 points a game. It was unbelievable. Uh, there is a chance that this team could still end up in a postseason, but it's looking like Pete Maravich's record might stand, Jason. Yeah, like, it's still incredible what Antoine Davis did and what he's done, and you don't want to take away from that accomplishment at all. But I, if this is going to be broken, I want to see somebody break it in three years. Like, I don't want to see this number go down because somebody had a bunch of extra games in them to be able to do it. A full extra season. Yeah, like that – it just wouldn't have felt – it would have felt like you'd need to put an asterisk next to it, and that's not fair to either guy. Like, I would just rather Pete stay up top because of the circumstances of this. All that said, super impressive by Antoine Davis, and that's a heck of a career. Just outstanding stuff, and it'll never be forgotten, obviously, at Detroit Mercy. No, it's it's an interesting deal. By the way, it's it's worth noting, I think most people would probably know this, but there was actually no three-point line uh, when Pete Maravich played either. It was funny. I heard Bill Walton say this. I have no idea because it was Bill Walton if it was anywhere remotely true. He said that they went back and watched Pete, all of Pete Maravich's um, – uh, games at, and tried to figure out like what his stat average would be with the three-point line. He claims Pete Maravich averaged like 13 three-pointers a game and would have averaged close to like 47 points per game, 57 points per game if there had been a three-point line. By the way, Pete Maravich, his three years at LSU, 43.8 points per game, 44.2 points per game, 44.5 points per game, Jason. So... We're talking about 584 threes, by the way, for Davis, and he's four away from breaking Steph Curry's record from Davidson. That's wild. See, I didn't even know that. So, but I'm with you. Is is congrats on an amazing career, Antoine Davis. But especially with the COVID year, the fifth year, it would have felt a little dirty if he ended up getting the record. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. Coming up, we go back to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers. He's still a topic. What's next? Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome in, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fun time of year, Jason. Um, you know, a lot of serious stuff going on, but it is also a fun time of year. Uh, it is now after midnight on the East Coast. We still have three, four live games on right now in the Fox Sports Radio studios. As DeSager told you, by the way, a minute ago, we have a late, late game uh, in the West Coast Conference where after this BYU-Loyola-Maramount uh, game, there will actually be another quarterfinal that gets played. So we'll have some super late-night college basketball on tonight. Jason, I, I think, you know, I don't I don't know a ton about your background, but you're a pretty big college hoops guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I used to probably be bigger than now. I mean, I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I, you know, right there, Wake Forest, went to a lot of those games. Grew up going to Virginia games with my dad and some friends. Went to NC State for a few years. My first girlfriend went to North Carolina. I, I know all about ACC hoops. And if you grew up in ACC territory, especially when I did in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, 
how could you not be a gigantic hoop head? So it's certainly been a fixture in my life for a long, long time. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, obviously, look, you know, it's a sport that has evolved, and, and with the NBA getting younger and drafting more, um, it's a different sport than it was. By the way, the ACC stinks this year, by the way, Jason. Yeah, this ain't the ACC, man. Like, whenever I hear stuff like Pittsburgh and some of these teams, it's just like, that's not the ACC. Like, I, when I grew up in the ACC, Florida State wasn't even there yet. Yeah. Well, I was like, just, yeah, it was like a 19 league for a long time. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Now, 14 teams. Uh, Miami, I think, clinched the number two seed today against Pitt. So, I mean, that was a team that until the mid-2000s wasn't even in the ACC. So it's a new world. By the way, I think I've asked you this before. I, I, I seem to remember last year you going on a rant. Are you anti-conference tournament to determine the automatic bid for these leagues? I'm kind of half and half because in some of them I understand it. But at the same time, like I look at some of these smaller conferences where teams have had outstanding regular seasons and then a team gets hot. And that's it. And it's like, well, was the regular season only then to put you in the best position to have the easiest path to win your conference championship? Because if you're not getting at-larges out of some of these small deals, I feel like it, it should almost be different. Like, I can understand if you come out of one of the big leagues that's going to get multiple bids and you have one crack to get in and that's by winning the conference tournament and you go through that gauntlet and you do it in, say, the SEC or the Big 12 or something like that. I like the fact that that can get you in, but at the same time, if you're in a small conference and you're going to get one bid, I kind of it's kind of like I'm hedging my bet. I feel like the small conference, what you've done all season long, should be more important because there's only going to be one bid, and it kind of negates your entire regular season. No, I don't. I, you know, it's tough because it's one of those where, like, you know, like, and I say this all the time, but I, I know in our business we're supposed to have like a strong opinion on everything. But this is one where I, I really do see both sides of the coin on this because, you know, the, the alternative uh, is if you don't have conference tournaments and like one, the tournament, the NCAA tournament just starts and it's like, well, it just kind of starts. I think the conference tournaments really kind of bring everyone into college basketball, which is a good thing. And then I also think that, you know, beyond that, um, I also think they're fun, they're entertaining. You know, the, the, the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament tonight was phenomenal as Southeast Missouri did beat Tennessee Tech, and it was like there was a buzzer beater, it was overtime, but it was also like neither of those teams was the number one seed in that conference, and it was uh, Moorhead State who lost in the semis, I believe, to Southeast Missouri. So it's tough, but I do love it, man. And I'll just say one last thing, and then we can get to some NFL. Um, it'll never happen, but they keep talking about expanding this tournament, which is a terrible idea in its own right. Um, but why I bring it up is I would love to see some of these small school teams that don't win their conference tournaments get those extra bids. Rather, if we do expand the tournament, just to be clear, it's just something that's a conversation right now. It's nothing that has been officially decided yet one way or the other. But if we go beyond 68, I don't need to see the 17th. Yeah, 17th is an right. exaggeration, but you know the night. You know, bottom lo- feeder in the yeah. Big Ten make it over. You know, a 28 win team from the Missouri Valley Conference or something like that. Exactly. Yes, is that Big Ten teams, etc., have plenty of opportunities uh, to, uh, to to put themselves in position. Same with the ACC, SEC, etc. And uh, and yeah. So anyway, we'll keep you updated. College hoops uh, coming to a close, mostly for the night. But as I said, we have some late night college hoops to get you going. And obviously, being on in this time slot, we'll have a lot of college hoops to talk about next week. Uh, as a bracket will be in our hands, what eight days from now, next Sunday. Speaking of next Sunday, 
Chase, do you think we'll have any closure on where Aaron Rodgers is playing next year by next Man, Sunday? Man, I have no idea. He said it would be in the best interest of everybody who cares nope. for this to be done quickly. If I had to bet on it, I'd say no because he's got plenty of time, and right now he has more attention when he makes his decision. I mean, the whole thing is like everything's inside me. I heard him say that, right? Like he was saying he came out of the darkness, and he's talking about it's his life, it's important, he's going to make a decision, but all of the answers, he doesn't need someone to, to give him the answers. He has the answers. He says, I touched on many of them. Definitely the feelings on both sides during the darkness. All the answers are right inside me. I'm thankful for that time. There's a finality to the decision, and I don't make it lightly. And then he immediately says, I don't want to drag anybody around. Ah, really? Uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Maybe by next week he is going to make a decision. Are but you if sure I, if, about that? No. No, I'm not. As a matter of fact, if I had to put money on one side, it would be on the we're still not going to know this time next month as opposed to this time next week. So our buddy Colin Cowherd, he kind of has you know a thing, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not stealing Colin's idea here, but kind of has this idea that you know Aaron Rodgers, he's an older guy, he's closing in on 40, he's single, um, and really has nobody to kind of keep him in line. And, like, relatively speaking, like, relative to John Morant having no one to keep him in line, like, Aaron Rodgers is doing okay for himself. But I, I go back to what I said last week is that, you know, we were talking about, you know, the retirement element of it. And I said, like, I don't think he's going to retire because I think he just likes mattering. Like, I think he likes having attention on him. And, like, he's always going to matter. He's always going to be one of the greats to ever play the game. But his, his voice isn't going to carry the same weight uh, in retire, like like nobody's gonna care about Aaron Rodgers' stance on this or on that or on whatever or the Pat McAfee interview or whatever. They're not gonna care in the way that they do when he's a current NFL quarterback. And so I bring it up, I bring that up, and I bring up the Colin Cowherd analogy of being single and needing attention. It does feel like we're at the point now where it's just like I think he just does. I don't know. I, I don't want to put a percentage. Uh, a significant amount of the stuff that he does is just to keep a spotlight on him and keep people talking about him. I don't think it makes him a good person. I don't think it makes him a bad person. I do think it's a little exhausting every single offseason doing this. Um, but that's really my only takeaway on this is I, I just think he likes the attention. And it doesn't make him a bad quarterback, doesn't make him a bad person. Uh, but it is kind of exhausting at this point, man. I mean, this here's a line from that from his comments after he came out of the darkness, and I'm just I read the line, and I'm just like Aaron, man. And exhausted is the right word for it. It's, and, and we don't have a we don't have skin in the game. Imagine Gutekunst, yeah, and Matt Lafleur, and some of these guys who actually have to make decisions about the future of an organization that will still be there after Aaron Rodgers does retire, whether it's this year or he goes elsewhere or whatever. This is just incredible. He says, "Now it feels like there are two very beautiful options that both feel really nourishing and special." <laughs> Good luck. And I'm just like, man. I'm going to need you to drop it down. Like, you're at about a 10. I need you to about a one and a half. Like, that line is – you know what I'm saying. Like, you hear that line – I'm going to read it again. Now it feels like there are two very beautiful options that both feel really nourishing special. Maybe, it, maybe the darkness wasn't enough. Do you need a <laughs> week of a spa retreat? Like, the way you're speaking about these options, it's just – Make a decision or say, you know what, 
I'll let you know in a month, and then bail, and then just go do whatever it is that you got to do. These things are so cryptic, and they're designed to sound so high-minded, and I'm on a different level, and I'm trying to figure out what's most nourishing, and all this. It's just, dude, are you going to play football or not? Do you want to be in Green Bay or somewhere else? These, like, the world can't hinge on this. And you do have a lot of people's livelihoods that are resting on your decision. And I think you know it. And there's got to be a part of you that likes that. There's zero doubt. Zero doubt about that. By the way, there was an Adam Schefter report today or this week that it appears as though it's basically down to the Jets and the Packers next season. Do you buy that? And then let me ask you. Do you have a preference, and it could be not one of those two teams, but do you have a preference on where Aaron Rodgers actually plays next year, assuming that he does? I kind of like the idea of Aaron Rodgers just playing his whole career in Green Bay. And and I still think that's the best option for him right now. I just Sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. You go somewhere else and things change. Like it's, it's just a different universe for you. You think it's going to be one thing, and it's not. Like, I was thinking about this. It's a weird analogy, but these are things that I do from time to time. Sometimes I'll get caught up in a craze of a new soda that's like, it's a Dr. Pepper, but it's a flavor that you've never seen before, or a Mountain Dew that you've never seen before, and a zero sugar. So I'm like, wow, I can actually do this. And you get it. And there's a reason why it's a limited flavor that they just decided to put out for a short time as opposed to the one that's been there for 50, 60 years. That one's tried and true and tastes really good. That new one, that thing's a crapshoot, and more times than not, it stinks. (laughs) Like, you have to know. And again, if you're Aaron Rodgers, it can go well for you. You can end up like Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl, potentially. You can go to a spot where it really works for you late. Or you can be Russell Wilson. Or you can be Antonio Brown. And leave Pittsburgh not realizing what you're walking into. Aaron Rodgers has a situation he completely understands. And we already know he's completely in control there. I don't know why you would change. And I still like that there might be an athlete out there that's that good. That can just play his whole career in one place. With all the drama, the drama's already baked in. I just, I don't want to see that dude in another jersey. It just doesn't feel right. I'll tell you what. I actually have... Two, well, I mean, I have thoughts on everything, but I have two, two definitive thoughts on both the option to return to the Packers, but also what it would mean to go to the Jets. We'll discuss that next. I should mention, by the way, at the end of your first year, Discover Credit Cards automatically doubles all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Coming up, we'll continue the Aaron Rodgers conversation. Should he stay in Green Bay? Should he go to New York? Which one's better? That's next, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. Before the break, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like we do every February and March, Jason, for seemingly since the beginning of time. Um... And I'm actually really torn on this situation. So for people who missed the report this week, Adam Schefter basically said it's down to the Jets and the uh, the the Packers returning to the Packers. I think it kind of makes sense. You know, it doesn't feel like 
any of those NFC South teams are, are, are in the mix. It doesn't feel like the 49ers, who probably won't have Brock Purdy available, definitely won't have Brock Purdy available for week one of the season, that they're in the mix. So it does it, it does feel like it's coming down to those two teams. But why I bring it up, and the Raiders too seemingly are out of the mix as well, but why I bring it up, I am torn, Jason, because on the one hand, I, one, I'm with you from the perspective of it'd be cool to just see him start to finish with the Packers. We've seen a lot of guys leave at the end, and it, it really never works out well except for Tom Brady, and even Tom Brady this year was whatever. Um, but one, it'd be cool. Two, I do think from the Packers' perspective, I know it's easy to say it's time to give Jordan Love his shot. Um I also, and I've said this before, is like I go back to the documentary The Last Dance where it's like everybody's in a rush to prove they can do it without the superstar, and the Bulls are still have never recovered literally from getting rid of Michael Jordan before he was ready to go. But then I look at it from the Jets' perspective, and I just think this, Jason. The content that would come out of Aaron Rodgers being the New York Jets quarterback would be freaking unbelievable. I mean, Rodgers versus the New York media – Rodgers versus Belichick twice a year, Rodgers versus Josh Allen twice a year, Rodgers playing for maybe the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. And I know they were good last year, whatever. I just think it'd be so fun. I I, I like I, I don't really want him to leave Green Bay, but if we think Aaron Rodgers is a story now every single week in Green Bay, I cannot even imagine what it will be like if he were to go to the New York Jets. I don't disagree. I will say that if Aaron Rodgers is intelligent and he's thinking about what you just said about Brock Purdy and the situation in San Francisco and the NFC and not really being an option and all this, which conference you got to have a chance to win a Super Bowl in? Not the AFC. I mean, exactly. To me, there's your answer right there. Sure. Like, you're going to go to the Jets and deal with Josh Allen and whatever Mike McDaniel is going to bring into year two in Miami. That's just in your own division. We don't even need to get into some of the other divisions and the the heavy hitters there. We know what the easiest pathway is to the Super Bowl. We've talked about it pretty much for the last season or so. Yeah, there's a couple of really good teams in the NFC. Uh, Green Bay is right there with them when they're right. And they seem to be getting right down the stretch. They were building the right kind of chemistry. If the factor for Aaron Rodgers playing is, I won a second Super Bowl, the best pathway is exactly where he resides right now. If it's something else, then you go. Because you're not worried about that second ring and what that means for legacy and all this you're thinking about other things if you want to do it from that perspective i'm with you and from like from from a content perspective yes going to the jets is just i mean it's it's a cornucopia of goodness for sports media but if he actually cares about football if he cares about winning if he cares about a chance to carry the lombardi trophy one more time Green Bay is, in my opinion, the only place where that is feasible. Let me ask you a dumb question. Uh, I'll pull an Arnie Spanier. Arnie Spanier says this all the time. Let me ask you a question that I know you don't know the answer to, but I'm going to ask you anyway. And that is very much one of these questions. Why do you think San Francisco's doesn't seem to be interested? Because we we heard, and, and who knows how true it was, but there was like this narrative of, you know, Tom Brady's from the Bay Area, returns to San Francisco, ends his career there. Plus, they need a quarterback. Plus, now that Brock Purdy's hurt, it definitely makes sense. 
And obviously Tom Brady retired, and, and I think that this one is for sure, and I don't think he's coming back. Isn't Aaron Rodgers from the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. Don't the 49ers still need a quarterback? Why why do you think that is? Again, I I, I know you're not John Lynch, and I know I I know there's no obvious answer, but why do you think it is that that there's seemingly no buzz with San Francisco when there was plenty of buzz for San Francisco potentially with uh, with Tom Brady? It just seems, uh, I, I mean, if you just wanted to try and speculate, and it's dangerous to do that, of course, but maybe they don't want the drama. Sure. Maybe I mean, I understand that Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and he carries a lot of weight and all that, but the drama side of it, in terms of how he's behaved in off seasons and things like that, in terms of am I going to play or am I going to hold out, like that's never really been a thing. If you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you are bringing a lot of these questions. You're bringing all of this. Shanahan's a pretty strong-willed guy, and he's a strong-willed guy that's won with quarterbacks that haven't generated a lot of drama. Like Jimmy G, that was just, are they going to keep him? Or are they going to move on from him? But it's not like he was ruffling feathers and causing a lot of problems or anything like that. That was a pure football conversation about what they were going to do. I think they look at it and it's just like, do we want to bring that in? Like, do we want to bring that circus here when we have an organization that the control is – it's obvious, right? We know where the control lies. We know what Lynch is. We know what Kyle Shanahan is. We know about a lot of the a lot of the things that have made them successful. And it just seems like that's a move you make if you're desperate, and I don't think the 49ers are desperate. Just because, again, Aaron Rodgers comes with the Aaron Rodgers experience. Awesome football at times can be exactly who you need. But a lot of other times, you've got to put up with some stuff that can become uber distracting. And maybe you just don't want to take that on. No, that makes perfect sense. Because the one thing about the 49ers is they've had chaos at quarterback. But they are a real, like, well-put-together organization. Like, it just it feels like, I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting stuff. But it just feels like, you know, everybody's kind of rolling in the same direction. You know, it starts up top with John Lynch as the GM, with Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan as the head coach. But despite all the chaos, it's like, you know, everybody's kind of falling in line, even with, you know, uh, the the Jimmy G, Trey Lance stuff coming out of la- uh, coming into last season. Everybody kind of had the same messaging. So it's an interesting thought. I hadn't, you know, I, I haven't really heard a good reason why, but that might be the reason why is that, that it's just, you know, respectful of Aaron Rodgers' talent. Um, he just m- might not be worth the off-the-field headaches. And, and, and I will say, like, when you have Aaron Rodgers, as we kind of led this hour talking about, the world revolves around Aaron Rodgers, whether you intended to or not. Um, and so that makes sense. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. Coming up, so Jay Mart, I have a, a, another hot take on the MLB pitch clock. We'll discuss that next. Before we do, though, let's toss it over to the news desk. DeSager, what's going on, my man? Hello. We already talked about how this weekend there are three XFL games on FX, you know, with a Josh Gordon win late in Vegas tonight. While you're talking NFL, scouting combine's been going on in Indianapolis. Quarterbacks and wide receivers worked out today, tight ends as well. Running backs on Sunday, there have been about 300 total prospects at Indy. And as you mentioned earlier in the show, 
Alabama quarterback Bryce Young was measured at about 5 feet 10, 200 pounds, roughly the size of quarterback Kyler Murray of the Cardinals. Everything's final in the NBA now. Sacramento's five-game winning streak is over. The Kings have just lost at home 138-134 to a Minnesota team that shot 60% from the floor. Great game at Milwaukee, and Philadelphia won it in a comeback, 133-130, ending the Bucks' 16-game winning streak. Philly had trailed by 14 points to start the fourth quarter and still trailed in the final minute, but pulled it out. Philadelphia scored 48 points in the fourth quarter. James Harden, 38 points in this victory. And Houston ended an 11-game losing streak with a win at San Antonio, 122-110. to Victories for Cleveland, for Miami, and for Toronto in overtime. Grizzly star John Morant will miss at least two games. He has apologized for an Instagram live stream overnight. College hoops, the regular season ends this weekend. UCLA has beaten Arizona in a top-10 matchup, 82-73. to The Bruins have won 25 straight at home. Number 18, Sandy Diego State over Wyoming as expected, 67-50. Also in the Mountain West, UNLV won an overtime at Nevada. Utah State beat Boise State. And there's a game still going on in the Pac-12 on FS1. USC trying to be the third Pac-12 team into the tournament in about a week. SC is leading Arizona State 43-31 with under 13 minutes to go. Now the late game, and we mean late, is not going to start for another 20 minutes or so in Vegas. A conference quarterfinal in the WCC. Santa Clara against San Francisco already in the West Coast Conference tonight. BYU won its quarterfinal against Loyola Marymount 73-63. In that tournament, Gonzaga and St. Mary's each have semifinals on Monday night. They get a bye into the semis. Tennessee Vols have been slumping in about the last month. Vols record four and six. Tennessee will now have to play an SEC second round game on Thursday. No double bye for them. 12th ranked Tennessee lost today at Auburn 79 to 70. Miami beat Pittsburgh 78-76. Miami finishes tied for first in the ACC with Virginia, but the Canes did beat Virginia head-to-head before Christmas. Top 10 matchup at Texas went to the Longhorns over Kansas 75 to 50. And notable from women's college basketball, as they're already into their conference tournaments, another Big East win for top 10 UConn, 69-39 over Georgetown in a quarterfinal. DeSager, keep in mind, AZ Fudd, maybe one of the best players in America, came back from injury. I know that was later on in the update. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) But the Huskies getting healthy at the right time. That's right. UConn men winning at Villanova on the Fox TV game tonight. Villanova, by the way, 16-15. and on the season. Uh, but I did want to note from women's hoops that Tennessee won against number four LSU 69-67 in an SEC tournament semifinal. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. By the way, Sager, you'll be back in 10 minutes. What do you got for us? Well, I've got an amazing thing happening at Dodgers spring training. We certainly have college basketball details and NBA injury updates as well. Well, thank you very much, Sager. We look forward to that. You'll be back momentarily. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin here on a Saturday night. Um, so, Jason, we, we, we talked about this a little bit. Um, last week, it was the, the first real week of spring training, and we kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we got the, our look at the pitch clock for the first time. And so this week, I think everybody's kind of getting used to it, blah, 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 this and that. Why I bring it up. So there was a video that came out this week of uh, Pedro Baez is a former MLB pitcher. And there was a video of... This week with the pitch clock versus pre-pitch clock with Pedro Baez, where literally an entire half inning, 
of Major League Baseball was played before Pedro Baez a few years ago, pre-pitch clock, had even thrown a pitch. Um, And it's funny to look at side by side, and it's an extreme example. But I guess I would ask you the same thing that I asked you last week. Like, I think we all understand that in a perfect world, you want to kind of speed up these games a little bit. My question for you, though, is, like, at what point, what is the line of demarcation where too fast isn't good? Because, like, like one thing I, I, I do kind of, I, I did kind of like past tense about baseball is, like, the speed of the game, yes, it's a little bit too too slow, but you could also argue the rhythms of the game, right? Like, part of it is psychological of the pitcher throwing over a few times, the batter stepping out. Um, and then also part of it is, like, you go to the ballpark to hang out, Um and I don't know this is like one that I'm super passionate about, and it seems like it's a net positive. I do wonder, though, like, are we going to lose something? Um, like, are we going to lose a part of baseball that we actually love with this pitch clock, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I, st- I think I'm still more on the side of the pitch clock just because I look at everything that we live in in 2023 and how short the attention spans are. And how much, uh, how, how much competition is out there for your eyeballs, for your entertainment dollars, and all of that? I understand what baseball is trying to do here. I, I can see it becoming too far. We talked about that last week, but as they adjust to it, hopefully you're going to see them kind of fall more into line with it. I'm, I'm actually, I went ahead and pulled up that video that you were talking about, the Baez video, and it's just. <sighs> There's a reason why baseball announcers, on the radio particularly, were the most talented broadcasters that you would find. And it was because they had so much downtime between pitches that they had to know everything. They had to know all the stories. They had to be great storytellers because it wasn't moment-to-moment knockdown, drag-out action. You had to be able to fill that time. I don't think that the generation that is coming up now, the younger folks that are growing into adolescence, that are teenagers, that are going into their 20s, I just don't think their brains and their hearts are wired for baseball the traditional way. Now, maybe they're going to miss something. Maybe they're going to lose something in that, the battle and the mental and all of those kinds of things. But I feel like the game has to move in more of a we're now playing MLB the show for real. Like the the video game becomes more real life. Not like the NFL becomes Madden because that's not realistic. But somewhere where I can hit a button and move to the next pitch because sometimes it does get completely out of control. So I think I'm still... I think I'm more pro-pitch clock than anti-pitch clock, so I think we find ourselves on the opposite sides of this one. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know that I'm anti-pitch clock. I think it's also interesting, too. I just think there's going to be um, unintended things that come up that, that nobody anticipates. So I saw today uh, Max Scherzer, there's a video of him kind of essentially trying to quick pitch uh, a batter, and he got called for a balk, and, and he wasn't happy with it. Um because it was almost like you know in, in football, like before they kind of changed in, in college. You know how they changed the rule that once the, the 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 defense, like if you sub on offense, the defense has to have time to sub two. And basically, the game almost got too fast, and they had to kind of adjust the rules so that the defense wasn't at a disadvantage. Um, and so I saw today, like Max Max Scherzer tried to quick pitch somebody to kind of try to get the ball off before. Um, 
before the batter could get set. So, yeah, it's it's one, Jason, I'll say. Like, I, I don't know that I'm super passionate. Like, this is the worst thing that, that's ever happened to baseball. Um, and maybe it could be a little bit longer. Um, but I, I guess it's just, to me, it, it's, it's like part of the strategy, right? It's like part of the strategy, like I said, was – you know, a batter stepping out of the batter's box, a, a pitcher throwing over, um, and I do think some of that is gone, but I, I think it's probably a net positive with everything that's going on, but it's just uh, just something. One other, one other thing, so I was reading this article actually from Philadelphia where they were saying, look, there was a Red Sox-Rays game last year. It was a 7-6 game, 26 base runners, spring training, three hours and three minutes. Second spring training game this year, Red Sox-Rays 7-6. 26 base runners, time of game 239. So you're talking about 25 to 30 minutes, which is about what the MLB said. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. And again, I was saying the moment-to-moment action is where you're going to see this change. I saw Alex Cora say this is a great change for baseball. Once we get used to this, this is going to be much better for the game going forward. You're seeing you're seeing things on both sides, and you're you're going to. It's going to be controversial at least until it becomes you know something that that sticks for a while, and we all get used to it. But the 25 minutes that you're cutting off, the 30 minutes that you're cutting off, maybe the 20 minutes that you're cutting off. The thing you have to realize is that's not bat on ball, pitches, throws. It's not action at all. That's the walking around, the spitting, the readjusting, the in and out of the box, the visits, the all of the stuff that does slow the game down to a halt. Now, I get the idea of strategy. But the goal of baseball has to be entertaining first and strategic second. That's why I think the pitch clock is a welcome change, just because I feel like we were veering into territory. If anything, can you give me a pitch clock when the Yankees and the Red Sox play? So we can get out of that without a five-hour television broadcast. Like There are circumstances where... It's gotten completely out of hand, and we might need a bit of an overcorrection. And maybe they have to tweak this at some point. I just think once we get used to this, we're going to like this, and it's going to make baseball a much faster feeling. It's just going to make it a crisper experience, and I think that's what 2023 sports fans are going to want. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Uh, we'll revisit the pitch clock, I'm sure, at various points throughout uh, this season. But uh, like I said, I think we're all just getting used to it. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I truly believe that it's the worst thing, but I, I think maybe there's some tweaks. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadca- uh, broad- broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. And we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your Section one place bundle and save at progressive.com should mention one other very notable sporting event is just about to start mm-hmm. uh, in Las Vegas, a heavyweight title fight. John Jones makes his return to the octagon. So we'll keep you updated on the result out of the octagon in Vegas. John Jones is back. Uh, and you know who else is going to be back? DeSager coming up. He joins us to give us an extended update on everything you missed here on a busy Saturday in sports. To say your next Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. And as we do every Saturday into Sunday around this time, toss it over the news desk to Steve DeSager for an extended update. DeSager, what's up? There's not only the late-night college hoops in Vegas. There is, as you mentioned, the USC with John Jones back in the octagon for the first time in three years. And that is just getting underway against Cyril Gahn of France and... Pretty much everybody I've heard talk about this regards Jones as the greatest MMA fighter of all time. You were talking about baseball. What we had today, well, first off, the big baseball news today is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will not play in this month's World Baseball Classic due to a sore knee. Fox is going to televise the WBC. I'm this excited month. about the WBC. I really am as well. That team they still have with the Dominican Republic is a good example. They still have Manny Machado and Juan Soto of the Padres and many other MLB stars. The U.S. with team captain Mike Trout is not the favorite the Dominicans are in this tournament. Japan obviously is going to have a good team. Guerrero's Toronto club at spring training today scored 13 runs in the top of the fourth. Won a game 18-5 to against Detroit. Time of the game, three hours, two minutes. And the New York Mets and Justin Verlander beat Miami 15-4. to Time of the game, two hours, 40 minutes. Milwaukee hit five home runs today, beat San Francisco 14-2. to That was a 2-44 time of game. And Tampa Bay down the Yankees 14-10, to under three hours for that game. As for the Braves, split squad led 7-0, beat Minnesota 7-5, win to Max Freed, and the rest of the team edged Baltimore 3-2, win to Spencer Strider. Philadelphia and Aaron Nola beat Pittsburgh 4-3. MLB opening day is March the 30th. As for what's going on at Dodger Spring Training, now they have handed the second base job to very young Miguel Vargas from Cuba, a guy who 
dominated pitching in the minor leagues, but in his, what, 50 at-bats or so in the majors last year, hit 170. But the job is his. Unfortunately, he's recently coming back from a hairline fracture of a finger, so they are playing him in the spring training games, batting him ninth, and telling him, don't swing at a single pitch. He did take batting practice before the game tonight. He has hit off a tee. He just picked up a bat again about a week ago. They mentioned this on every Dodger telecast in spring. He's not going to swing. And yet, uh, yeah, he struck out twice more. He's 0 for 7 with 7 Ks in spring training. He leads the Dodgers in walks in spring training. How has this information not passed to every pitcher and every opposing dugout where he had four walks in the first five games of spring training so far this year for the Dodgers, even though, like the other regulars, he's only playing half the game? Just... Amazing what's going on there. To college hoops, regular season ends this weekend. We've got the late night game in uh, the West Coast Conference uh, quarterfinals in Vegas. Not yet tipped off, believe it or not, Santa Clara against San Francisco. BYU has won its quarterfinal. And on FS1, there's a late night game with USC ending the regular season, leading Arizona State with under eight minutes to go, 51 43. If SC gets into the national tournament, that could be three Pac-12 teams. The other two faced each other at Pauley Pavilion tonight, where UCLA has won 25 straight home games. Bruins beat Arizona 82-73. Texas over Kansas today in a top-10 matchup, 75-59. The Longhorns finished second in the Big 12 Conference, one game behind Kansas because KU beat Texas a month ago. As for the Ohio Valley Conference Championship game, this was mentioned in the first hour of the show tonight. It went overtime. Southeast Missouri State is going to the dance. They won in OT 89-82 against Tennessee Tech. Southeast Missouri went 15-16 and and then won four straight this week in four days. They're going. And so is Fairleigh Dickinson. Now, the Northeast Conference Final will not be until Tuesday, but the semis were tonight. Fairleigh Dickinson clinched the NCAA tournament berth with a win because the top seed they'll face in the final is not yet eligible for the NCAA tournament. Don't mean to cut you off. John Jones just won that fight in the first round. Fight is over. (laughs) Holy cow. It was like two and a half minutes. No, it's 256 of round one. I am far from a UFC expert, but what you said to Sager... Uh, the people who know this sport much better than I do say he's oh, the yes. greatest ever. Yeah, he is. There's no doubt. Uh, well, round one to say. I didn't mean to cut off your no. update here, but that is that what's is trending the, at this moment. That is the definition yeah. of news. Absolutely. Well, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm here for. So I'm very to happy to get that in before the break, before the top of the hour. Um, what we're to looking forward to uh, tomorrow, because that's a few teams still play college hoops tomorrow, and then the regular season does it. Number one, Houston's playing tomorrow at Memphis. Fox TV Sunday, number five, Purdue against Illinois. Today, Michigan State won, by the way, against Ohio State. The Atlantic Sun Conference Final is tomorrow. Liberty at Kennesaw State in Georgia. Winner goes to the dance. Big South Final in Charlotte has Campbell with a 16-17 and 17 record going up against UNC Asheville. And the Missouri Valley Final is tomorrow, Bradley against Drake. Duke at North Carolina tonight. Not quite as spectacular this year as other seasons, but Duke beats him again, 62-57. Carolina was this close to the national title last year. They shot 30% from the floor at home tonight. They finished 11-9 in conference play. 
in non-conference games, they started 5-0 and early season. Since then, the Tar Heels are 14-12. and We mentioned earlier Villanova's about a 500 team. North Carolina, not impressing. Western Kentucky lost today 67-33 at North Texas. Sorry. Hilltoppers with 13 field goals made and 14 turnovers. And on free throws, they were just 5 of 14. And then 14th-ranked UConn, maybe another co-host interested there as they beat Villanova 71-59 on Fox. UConn has won eight of its last nine games. The injury updates from the NBA. Steph Curry for Golden State should return from the leg injury tomorrow at the Lakers. Warriors have won five straight. Curry's been out one month. Shea Gilgis-Alexander of OKC is going to return tomorrow against Utah after missing five games. Utah All-Star Lowry Markinen is out with a bad back. Portland's Anthony Simons, who averages 21 points a game, will miss another contest tomorrow with a sprained ankle. And I mentioned the Lakers play tomorrow. Lakers' record is 30-34. and 34. They're 11th place in the West, still a game behind New Orleans for the last play-in spot. Under 20 games left in the NBA regular season, and of course LeBron James out at least three weeks with bad foot. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. This is Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. DeSager will be back in Hour 4 with us, Jason Martin, Aaron Torres. We are taking you until 2 a.m. Eastern time. Bernie Fratto will follow us uh, in uh, follow us, and of course join us in the next hour. So Bernie Fratto next, Torres and Martin taking you till 2 a.m. Eastern. Plenty more to discuss. Busy day in sports. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome in, everybody. Hour 4, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. It is Hour 4. We are taking you to the top of the hour. Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show follows us. Bernie will also join us in 20 minutes to get us caught up uh, across the world of sports. Bernie's always got all sorts of good stuff uh, on a lot of different topics. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Jason, let's revisit the top of the story, the, the top story of the day. Um, it's a little bit of a, a bummer. You know, it's a fun time of year with March Madness and World Baseball Classics coming up. By the way. Super random. Do you do you get into the World Baseball Classic at all? I mean, it's kind of an obscure event, but it's a lot of fun. I, I did watch it a couple of years ago, and I'm just kind of more interested in baseball, I feel like, this year early. Like, I mean, I, I pay attention to my Braves, but, like, across the league, I'm kind of excited to see if the pitch clock really can just bring me back to being able to watch an ordinary game or a regular season game in May or June. The problem for me with baseball has become, as I've gotten older, there's just so many games that none of them feel infinitely important to me in the moment. Like, I just feel like there's going to be so many opportunities to watch all of these teams. Why do I care who's 5-0 and out of the gate or whatever like that? But if they can just make the game a little bit more exciting moment to moment during the regular season, I will watch more. And I'm actually planning to try and do just that. And the World Baseball Classic, it's always cool to see nations compete. Yeah. 
And so I actually think I'm going to tune in this year. I think I'm going to watch some of it. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. I remember it being a really cool thing. So it's it's wild because it hasn't been played since 2017. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I, I remember why. I think it was. I think that would have been the year that I saw it. There's there's just kind of like a Ryder Cup feel to yes. all of it. And I'm a big time fan of the Ryder Cup and. Uh, I just, yeah, you know what? I and listening to you and Steve talking about it at the end of last hour again, it's just kind of like, you know, I forgot that was coming, and I actually think that's going to be a lot of fun this year. I totally agree, and you know, I think especially, you know, as the tournament goes on, obviously the games come to the U.S. and you know, for <clears throat> excuse me, all the you know kind of criticisms of of this country, it is a melting pot. And I think that's what makes it a cool thing is that you get to see, you know, fans of Korea or fans of, you know, some of the Latin American countries, how, how much it means to the people of those countries, many of which are now based in America. So really fun event. It's it's on FS1. It starts late uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 on Tuesday, so keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I'm excited for it and uh, excited to watch. Let's get back, as I said, though, to the, the serious topic, because while there's a lot of fun stuff going on in sports, unfortunately, there's some serious stuff, too. And, and as DeSager just told you, uh, we got a little bit of a uh, disappointing, to say the least, update on John Morant. Earlier this week, a Washington Post report uh, did not paint the, the the brightest picture on you know some of his off the court actions, including allegedly pulling a, a gun on a 17 year old. Um, but on on late last night into early this morning, late Friday night into early Saturday morning, depending on where you are, it's already Sunday, whatever. But within the last 24 hours, a video did emerge of John Morant uh, flashing a gun on Instagram. Um, he uh, has since been suspended for two games by the Memphis Grizzlies and has since issued an apology about his actions, basically saying that he is going to use the time away from the spotlight, you know, over these next two weeks, to, uh, next two games to uh, just kind of reevaluate things. He said, I'll, I'll give the exact quote so there's no confusion. I'm sorry to fa- my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get back to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well being. You know, Jason, uh, we talked about it a little bit. People can go back and download the podcast, but. My only real thought on, on this whole situation is, you know, it's disappointing, but the good news is is it's not too late to turn things around. It's not too late to either cut your circle, make it smaller, or, wor- you know, work on yourself, as John Morant said, or, you know, keep the same circle but hold them to a higher standard. We were talking earlier about LeBron James elevating the people around him, his friends from back in Akron. I, I hope this is a learning lesson for John Morant. It's up to John Morant to make those decisions, but it's a, a sad, disappointing situation all around. Yeah, I mean, him saying that he's going to, you know, use his time to evaluate. The evaluation's kind of in. Like, we, we know what's going on here. And he's at a turning point. He's at a crossroads. He has a decision to make. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be who we all know you're capable of being? We know the kind of charisma that you have. We know the draw that you can be to a new generation of basketball player. We understand the transcendent talent that you are. We understand the businessman that you could become as well. We all see that. And then we see an Instagram video like the one that was put up and we read the stories and we know the mistakes that have been made 
and we question who you're surrounding yourself with, this evaluation process, it needs to come with a realization, at least for, in my opinion, I think everybody needs this. Everybody in their life at some point needs people around them to check them and to be accountability partners, not to be enablers, but to actually say, hey man, you are really screwing this up. You're too special. I care about you too much to let this happen. And I don't know. Look, I don't know Ja at all. And I, I don't know if there's someone in his circle that's doing that that he's disregarding. Maybe there is. But you have to have people that care enough about you that understand where you are and understand how much you have to come, like the blessings that you have, but the ones that are still out there and the impact that you can have and all of these things that are so positive, what you're throwing it away for or what you're at least risking it for ain't worth it. And you've got to have somebody that's like, dude, nobody is worried about whether or not you're deemed authentic or not in certain communities. That's completely irrelevant. One, Based on where you came from and all of those things, that's not really ever been you, but you feeling like you have to prove that kind of thing, it's just meaningless. Like It doesn't matter. I, I don't care you know, how real you think you have to be. The only real that you need to be is a real good basketball player, and you are. And the better that you can play and the better that you can be an example to others, that's going to be your legacy, not how hard you appear in an Instagram shot. So that, to me, is that's the turning point in the crossroads. This could be a lot worse. He could be, he, he could be dead. He could have you know, led to someone else being dead. A lot of things could have made this ten times worse. This is the check me moment. This is the turning point because if it escalates from where we are right now, now we've got a significant problem. We're still in the position where you're making immature judgment mistakes. You're making, I'm young and invincible. Maybe you're a little bit too cocky. Maybe you got too many yes-men around you that are building your ego to an unsustainable level. Maybe those things are happening. We've all had those moments in our lives. But this could be a lot worse of a situation for you. Now's when you have to see it that way and pull back or go the opposite direction and become the subject of a documentary for every wrong reason yeah and you know i think i think what's important to note is you know if, if he feels and i'm not again trying to be an armchair analyst here but if he feels like he's losing a connection to you know the the the, the lower class or a certain segment of the population like you can still be part of that community and give back and be involved i mean there's a lot of great athletes that do a lot of charity work help out with whatever um but you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just. Uh, th there's so many people in all walks of life that are working so hard to get out of tough situations, get out of places where gun violence is regular. And you know, this guy has done that. He and he was, you know, from my understanding of his background, two parent home. Um, you know, grew up kind of in a, a small kind of rural town. Like he was never in this background to begin with. But there are so many people that are trying so hard to get out of a situation like the one that John Morant continues to try to put himself in. Um, and that's the disappointing part. And, and what I would say is, and you know, you kind of brought this up uh, right to kind of end that, Jason. 
um, with the possibility that that if if we're not careful, this thing could end tragically, is that you know I, I was thinking about this is that. One of the stories that came out this week was that, um, you know, he allegedly pulled a gun on a 17-year-old and and the whole thing kind of started with a situation at his house where they were playing pickup. To which I say, like, I guess I know you want to be part of the community, but I don't know that having strangers over your house is the best idea, regardless of the fact that you then followed up by allegedly bringing a gun to another place to confront him. And, and, you know, I I, I was talking to the guys before us, uh, VJ and Martin, who, who host before us, and it's like, there are a lot of really bad situations that have stemmed in life from somebody being at somebody's house and then coming back later. You know, I think about... A very tragic situation. Um, Sean Taylor, who, you know, NFL legend, you know, he was killed by intruders that had been at his house for some sort of family function, or at least one or two of them, a few weeks before that. And it was strangers in his house that came back that, you know, a situation that ultimately led to his murder. And so I'm not trying to compare, but what I am trying to say is, John Morant, when you are this prominent, I don't know that you want strangers over your house. I don't know that you want to, you know, like, you should be tightening up your circle, not loosening it up. Um, and man, like he's just putting himself in a lot of really, really, really bad positions. And to your point, Jason, it could end with him doing something really stupid, or it could end with him putting himself in the wrong place at the wrong time where somebody else does something stupid and he could potentially be, God forbid, you know, harmed in some way. And I'm not wishing that upon anybody, but I'm just saying, man, you could do something real dumb. But somebody else could do something real dumb if you keep putting yourself in bad situations like this. Yeah, that, that's right. And here's the thing. The somebody else that you're referring to, whoever it is, doesn't have as much to lose as you do, Joe. Great call. Great call. Outside of life. Like, if, it, if we're talking about life... Life is life. This person's life, Jaw's life, that is the same stakes. But if we're talking about what this person is risking at that moment, external of life, Jaw, you've got a lot more to lose. You are in a position of prominence. You're in a position of responsibility, quite frankly, but a position of privilege. You're in a position that so many people would dream to be in. You have everything to lose and nothing to gain because I don't think that the reputation that you're trying to show that you should have or whatever like that, I don't think that means anything to your Hall of Fame credentials. I don't think that means anything to your endorsement deals. No one is going to look at you and talk about you in that way. I don't understand why that would be so important but these people don't have that risk these people that are doing this these people that that you're surrounding yourself with uh, and all of these circumstances you're the one you're the one with everything to lose you're the one that's carrying everything those guys right there that might be their universe that might be the stuff that they have to do but you have options and your options are pretty daggone stupendous and i am just hopeful that he's going to recognize that and see this as kind of the wake-up call that it really is. And then just get – I want to see Ja Morant kill it in the NBA for two decades and be great in the community and all of those kinds of things. And I think that if he – his charisma is so unique and special and he's fun and he's young and people gravitate to him and all of this, like he could do some really, really awesome stuff. 
and I just hope that's what we're going to see. And maybe it is just this. This was, you know, this 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 could be so much worse. He's got an opportunity to turn this around. Yeah, I just go back to, you know, strangers at your house, whatever. And, you know, by the way, those strangers know when the Memphis Grizzlies are on the road. Those strangers, there's just, it's just, nobody's perfect. He's 23. Um, and hopefully, as he said in that statement, that he does take some time away and use this time away to kind of reevaluate um, you know, the, the decisions that he's making, the people that he has around him, all that good stuff. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. We are brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Coming up. Our buddy Bernie Fratto joins us. He'll take us through uh, a busy week in sports. Bernie hits on a ton of different topics. We'll get with him next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrec.com studios. And as we do every week at this time, we head out to Las Vegas. Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show. Bernie, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, the NFL offseason is over, a grueling three weeks, and now we're back (laughs) and uh, in in fine fettle, and even among all the other sports taking place, the NFL 
uh, seems to take front and center. Well, I'll tell you what. I wasn't. Uh, I was going to start with another sport. Not really a question, but I'm just curious. So tonight, the John Jones fight in Vegas. Of course, a conference tournament going on as we speak. Bernie, you're going to get live sports on during your show tonight with these WCC quarterfinals. Take the average person that's never been to Vegas this time of year, March Madness, everything that's going to happen the next two, three weeks. Tell us what the city of Vegas is like. It's going bananas. Uh, Even baseball, we had big league weekend today at at the ballpark between the A's and and Cincinnati. And, of course, they're revving up talks about the A's coming to Vegas again. You have the John Jones fight tonight. You've got two Vegas Golden Knights games uh, this weekend. And then, uh, you know, everything college basketball and of course uh if you want to get a let's see you want to stay at treasure island uh, coming up next week before march madness it's only about a thousand a night so it's going crazy as we get ready for march madness bernie bryce young same height kyler murray we're hearing that of course bryce was a really good comment where he's like yeah i've always been small like you, you know that i've been really good for a while i've also been small are you worried about that as it relates to Bryce Young, the same way you might have been uh, with other guys that are of similar size? Yeah, I've never been worried about size. I'm an outlier in these situations. You can either play or you can't. When I look at Bryce Young, and I actually saw him when he was at Modern Day, he came here and they put a whipping on Gorman, which isn't so easy to do. He can maneuver through the pocket. He can slide. He keeps his eyes downfield. He can make every throw. He's incredibly smart, athletic enough. He's not going to run for 600 yards like Kyler Murray did in college, but he doesn't need to. He, he can operate from the pocket. And I realize that you know, everybody's happy now because he weighs 204 pounds. Look, size only matters uh, if you're going to get hit. I mean, Justin Fields has plenty of size. He gets hit. He gets hurt all the time. And in this man's NFL, it's not like it was 20 years ago where you could sack the quarterback then go after his family. The bottom line is he can't get hit as much in the same way, and he's smart enough to avoid those hits. So quite honestly, I've never been worried about Bryce Young as it pertains to size. Byrne, let's go to just the the broader quarterback carousel. Uh, I believe you have some good information on Daniel Jones and some of the other moving pieces here. Well, this morning I would have reported that they're extremely close to a two- or three-year deal in the neighborhood of close to between 35 and $40 million a year, but I'm told that they exited the combine without a deal, so they've got till Tuesday to get it done, or they're going to have to franchise tag him. But I think both sides are trying to get a deal done. It's believed that the progress that Brian Dable made with Daniel Jones' his first year can continue into the second year. Look, he's got a playoff win on the road as part of his resume. I think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Uh, he's not elite, but he's above average, and I think he's the Giants' future, and they'd be crazy to try and start somewhere else. Okay, well, you kind of answered where I was headed with that. Do you think he can get better than this, or do you think this is about as good? Like, I mean, that's that's still a good – look, there's going to be guys making 50-plus. We know that coming. Some of these newer guys, some of these guys, once they hit their second deal. But Daniel Jones, is this the ceiling, what we just saw? Because it, it felt like, to me, that's about as good as we can see Daniel Jones play. No, I think he can get better. I do, and I think – it's all about making good decisions with the football because it's a position you play with your eyes, and he's athletic enough to be able to keep plays alive with his feet and run vertically and run horizontally, and his receivers can set adjust routes. Yeah, I definitely think he, he can get better, and he's athletic enough to be better. Now, you bring up a good point about guys with $50 million a year. He's not asking for that, nor would he get that. There were rumors he wanted 45 that was somewhat debunked, 
I think they're going to land somewhere between 35 and 40 with him in a two- or, or three-year deal. It's either that or they franchise tag him Tuesday, so we'll see what happens. Burn, what's going on with the Vegas Raiders at the quarterback position? I don't think even they know. I know they're gonna <laughs> sure. they're gonna draft one. I know Aaron Rodgers is not coming here, uh, and I, I I think Jimmy G is very much uh, on the table. So it's 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 really a to be determined situation. They got rid of Carr without really having a succession plan. So there's really not a lot of information coming down there. I can tell you that all the rumors about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Raiders were never really true. Rodgers doesn't want to come here. The Raiders are not ready to win now. And I think, you know, there's an old saying, when all is said and done, I think more is said than done. Based on the moles I talked to, look, you guys, you've been doing this a long time, right? You're radio guys, but I think in your heart, you see yourselves as journalists. That's how I see myself. And the reason I say that is because if one side's telling me it's raining, the other side's telling me it's not, it's not my job to guess. It's my job to look out the window and see for myself. So I made a lot of calls this last week. I'm about 90% sure Rodgers ends up in Green Bay. He's not going to San Francisco because San Francisco doesn't have the cap space nor a first-round draft pick to trade. It's either the Jets or Green Bay. Now, the Jets are waiting for Rodgers. They're willing to wait him out, but they're going to have to give draft capital, financial trade compensation. And from what I understand, inside the four walls of New York, they're not always sold on Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of moving parts there. So I think by the end of this week, based on what I'm hearing, could be wrong. I think by the time I come on with you guys next Saturday, he will have announced he's going to return. And I think when all is said and done, he'll stay in Green Bay. Well, that's big. And we have that on tape. That's good stuff. Anthony Richardson, do you think that is worth the risk? Obviously, he did himself some favors at the Combine. Uh, you look at that and it's eye-popping. Like I, I kind of, the analogy I gave was that's the really big piece of cake that you know might not be healthy, that's a risk to your weight, but boy, that thing looks like it might taste good and it's hard to pass it up. You know, I don't know if Tom Brady had a 40-inch vertical leap if he jumped off a ladder, but I don't think what we're hearing about with Anthony Richardson would move the needle for me because as much as I really like the guy, he comes across spectacular, just like the dude's vibe. He's athletic as all get out, good arm, everything. Uh, tell me the difference between him and Malik Willis. He's yeah. so far away from being a starting NFL quarterback, it's not funny. But you get him into somebody's system, and he might be the type of guy that can make it happen because he's sure checking all the boxes when it comes to the measurables at the Combine. He's Bernie Fratto. You can hear him at the top of the hour, the Bernie Fratto Show. Uh, Bernie, we're going to let you go, get you, let you get ready for your show, but we'll be listening at the top of the hour. Thank you for the time, Bernie. Appreciate it. By the way, they will franchise tag Lamar Jackson Tuesday. Ooh. They will do it on the non-exclusive tag, I believe, so he can negotiate with other teams and the uh, Ravens can match an offer sheet. This is about to get fun. By the way, I'm very rude, Burn. What else you got going on on your show? I should have asked you that earlier. Oh, my goodness. Well, we got the full slate. You know, John ja Morant and, and NBA. I'm going to talk about NBA load management, the situation with the Lakers, uh, a lot of craziness in, in, in college basketball. We've got Mark Medina at midnight. So, you know, the full gamut because the headlines were at themselves, as you guys have been talking about all night. Absolutely. Busy time of the year in sports. And Bernie Fredo will have you covered at the top of the hour. Bernie, thank you very much, my friend. We'll be listening to you at the top of the hour. Thank you. That was Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Bernie Fratto. And again, he will be on following us at 2 a.m. Eastern. Coming back, react to some of the stuff that Bernie said and look ahead to a very interesting matchup in the NBA on Sunday. We'll get to that momentarily. Before we do, though... 
News desk, DeSager, what's up? Speaking of Vegas, NASCAR is on Fox TV again tomorrow from Las Vegas. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, Joey Logano earned the poll. Driver Chase Elliott will miss Sunday's race. He had surgery on his leg last night after a snowboarding accident in Colorado. Austin Hill won today's Xfinity race. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will not play in this month's World Baseball Classic due to a sore knee. USA Baseball starts workouts for that tournament on Tuesday in Arizona. Its first game is next Saturday, the 11th. Fox will televise the World Baseball Classic this month with the final on FS1 from Miami. And in the NHL, Boston won its 10th straight game, beating the Rangers today 4-2. The Boston Bruins record is 49-8, plus five overtime losses. A UFC victory in Vegas tonight for John Jones, now heavyweight champion. About two minutes into the first round, he ended it against Cyril Gunn of France. Jones' first fight in three years. Grizzly star John Morant will miss at least two games. He has apologized for an Instagram live stream. Memphis's next two games are in L.A. against the Clippers tomorrow night against the Lakers Tuesday night. Grizzly's record last six weeks, just 7-11. and 11. Not a good weekend for the team as a whole. Dylan Brooks of Memphis was suspended one game for his 16th technical foul of the season, which came last night. Brandon Clark of the Grizzlies is out for the year with a torn Achilles. The NBA's feature matchup tonight went to Philadelphia in a comeback at Milwaukee 133 to 130. The Milwaukee Bucks had won 16 straight games. Philly was down by 14 points to start the fourth quarter. Came back to win despite 34 points from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Milwaukee is first in the East, but just a half game over Boston now. Fortunately for the Bucks, Boston last night blew a 28-point lead and loss. James Harden this evening, 38 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, and teammate Joel Embiid had 31 points, 10 assists. Houston ended an 11-game losing streak with a win at San Antonio, 122-110. The Spurs play at Houston on Sundays. This is a Spurs team that had recently had a 16-game losing streak. Toronto won in overtime victories for Miami and Cleveland. As far as college basketball, regular season ends this weekend. The late-night game on FS1 went to USC. The Trojans could be going dancing. They get a home win 68-65 against Arizona State. And there is a game in Vegas going on right now, late first half, quarterfinal in the West Coast Conference Tournament. San Francisco tied with Santa Clara 27-all. BYU won its quarterfinal earlier. We mentioned uh, that Gonzaga, St. Mary's each have semifinals in that tourney on Monday night. Ohio Valley Conference championship game went to Southeast Missouri State in overtime. A couple of top 10 matchups. Texas beat Kansas, UCLA over Arizona. Number two ranked Alabama lost at Texas A&M 67-61. Sixth ranked Marquette edged St. John's 96-94 as St. John's missed a potential tying free throw with two seconds to go. Marquette nearly blew a 10-point lead in the last 30 seconds there. Iowa State a winner at number seven Baylor. West Virginia which was 5-11 in conference to start the week. Wins again, beat number 11 Kansas State. Auburn over 12th-ranked Tennessee, 79-70. So Tennessee will have to play an SEC second-round game on Thursday. Victories for UConn and Virginia, for Xavier and San Diego State. Miami beat picks 78-76. Seton Hall upset Providence, Oklahoma over TCU. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. Have a great evening. Uh, You'll be back with uh, Plank and Spanier and that whole crew tomorrow, right? Tomorrow night. All right, that is Steve DeSager. Thank you very much. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. 
from the TireRack.com studios. And as we look past Saturday, Jason, into Sunday, there is a very, well, there's a couple intriguing NBA games tomorrow on Sunday. One of them, Warriors playing the Lakers. We all know that, um, you know, that uh, LeBron's out for the foreseeable future. We'll obviously be monitoring that one. But the very intriguing one at 1 p.m. Eastern time, the Phoenix Suns travel to Dallas to face the Mavericks. Why is that important? I think everybody can put two and two together. Kevin Durant on the Suns made his debut this week. Kyrie in Dallas. Uh, what do you make of this, Jason? I, you know, everybody's saying all the right things, but uh, it'll be interesting to see these two guys on the court together, but in opposite uniforms. I mean, it'll be fun, I guess, right? I mean, the storyline writes itself, and more than anything, that's just a really nice matchup of a lot of stars. Like, if you want to watch a star-laden game, you've got it in that matchup. Plus, you're seeing Durant still trying to acclimate himself to a new home. You're still trying to figure out if the Dallas experiment's going to work or if it's going to implode. Um, But in terms of like the head-to-head between Kyrie and KD, I don't know that there's that much there because it's not like either one of those guys has has shown any level of animosity towards the other one publicly. Like There might be some friction behind some of it, there may not be at all. So it's just really good basketball players playing against one another. I don't know that they played enough together for it to even <laughs> resonate, right? Like they, they they didn't play half a season worth of basketball together over three years. They didn't. And um, it's uh, – I, yeah, I don't think there's any animosity. And, you know, Kyrie had that famous quote of, I'm so glad KD got out of there after Kyrie got traded because, oh, my goodness, life was so tough for the two of them in uh, Brooklyn. But I'll just say this is not related necessarily to even this game, but seeing KD in that Suns uniform the other day, I'll say this is like, you know, I've been very critical of him and some of the decisions that he's made through the years. I'm kind of rooting for him in Phoenix, man. Like, you know – We've talked about this a ton, but the dude loves to hoop. Um, and we all make mistakes in life, and, and mistakes are relative, right? Like, John Morant's making some really bad mistakes right now. Kevin Durant's biggest mistake was choosing the wrong teammate. And it came, it was unfortunate. I don't know if he would do it over if he had to again, but the guy has a love for basketball. It does feel like everything that he's ever done has been criticized since he left OKC. So uh, I don't know where you stand, Jason, but I'm kind of rooting for him in Phoenix because he's been off the court, on the court, about the right things. I I don't think he made the right decision on which teammate to follow uh, in Kyrie. But that doesn't mean that he can't write a final cool chapter here. Uh, it's not a final chapter, but but next chapter, and and he's obviously getting towards the tail end of his career. So yeah, I mean, you said teammate. I would say he picked the wrong guide, and that I think is is sort of how you phrased it the second time around. Like that's not uh, Kyrie Irving is not your Pied Piper, nor should he ever have been. Like you're Kevin Durant, you're the show. You need to make the decision you feel like is best for you, but you don't need to be led astray, and you don't really need to be talked into anything. I don't know that I'm rooting for or against Kevin Durant to like win a championship or anything. Obviously, as an Oklahoma City fan, um, you know him leaving and going to Golden State has always left a sour taste for me. But I've never really like wanted to see him fail either, because man, the talent is outrageous. And you're right, like. He has said some things and been way too sensitive and in his feelings and uh, some of that kind of stuff. But he also hasn't done a lot of like stuff that outside of 
the very baseline kind of mistakes in judgment here and there, phrasing things wrong. There's so much worse that could be going on. And Kevin Durant is still a pretty good role model in a lot of respects. And he's just incredible to watch. So, I mean, I hope it goes well. Do I hope that he wins a championship? I don't know if I can go that far. I mean, yeah. but, but like, I want to see the experiment. I want to see him flourish because watching him play basketball at a high level when he's happy is one of the great experiences you'll ever have. Worth noting, uh, again, Kevin Durant and Kyrie will meet on the court uh, in Dallas tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. And we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. One segment left. Continue to look ahead to Sunday and the week ahead in sports. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, Fox Sports Radio. He's still working. He goes back to hard. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now Harden on a drive, back to Joel, three-point shot, and B dribbles, fires from out front, it's good, he made it, the Sixers take the lead. That was courtesy of WPEN 97.5, the Fanatic in Philadelphia, and that was the Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Jason, busy week. Uh, College Hoops tournament coming up. Uh, World Baseball Classic. I will say, we, we had to hit on a lot of negative, not fun stuff, but this is a really fun... It's one of my favorite weeks of the year, and just a really fun time of year in general if you're a sports fan. 
It is. Uh, it's kind of, it's different because when you're in the fall, you're you're inundated, but you're kind of inundated in one direction. Yes, there are other things going on, but football has your attention. And it has your attention on Saturdays, on Sundays, on Mondays, on Thursdays, talking about it the rest of the week. This is kind of – and look, football still got our attention. We're talking about the combine. We've got the draft. We're going to have infinite mock drafts and content being created out of nowhere during this season. <laughs> oh, lies. Coming, and, and guys' names being – we didn't even get to Will Levis. We'll talk about it. I mean, we're, we're going to have plenty of time in the next four or five weeks to do just that. But, yeah, you're right. Like – World Baseball Classic is something that if you want to embrace it, it's going to be there for you. I've decided I want to embrace it, so I'm going to watch it. You're going to watch it. The NCAA tournament, even though, like, I don't know if we're going to care as much about who wins as much as how fast good teams we think maybe that are good lose because we're going to see a lot of it, we think, because we don't know if anybody is actually all that good, so it's wide open. But the tournament sells itself. you got the golf season really starting to crank up. You're going to have the majors popping up. Um, hey, man, XFL is going yeah, on. Yeah, that's if, a thing. that's a thing. That, well, and I think the USFL you. starts next month, too. Sure, sure. You, you, so there's a lot going on. you got hockey. I mean, I mean, the, the story that no one really talks about because it's just not a thing you do, especially on national sports talk radio, if you look at it from a logistics and a rating standpoint. But um, I don't know if you noticed, but Boston Bruins are pretty daggone good. Like, if you want to see something historic, uh, you might want to pay attention to that. And I know that, that people are listening to us probably do understand that, but there's like something – insane going on right now with the Boston Bruins in terms of their record, in terms of their talent. This is looking like, you know, one of the best teams we've ever seen in the history of hockey. It's just absurd at this point, and it it doesn't get mentioned, but it's just another thing that's there for you if you want it. Like, sports is just, it's coming from all directions right now. 49-8-5 is the record? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's preposterous. I'm trying to, like, do some math here. So... 49, 8, and 5. They have like a, they're like eight games better than anybody else in the NHL right now. So, yeah, like there's not a close second. Like that's how good they are. They hit 100 points faster than anyone in the history of the NHL. What is your favorite conference tournament? Do you have one favorite conference tournament that you can't miss? I mean, I'm still an ACC guy, but it's, this ACC just isn't the same anymore. So I, I, I tend to like the SEC, but I also like. Like if a conference is having a really strong year, or there's a lot of depth to a conference, I'll get I'll watch Big Ten every year. Uh, CBS covers so much of it, and plus we all have the networks and everything. But I mean, the Big Twelve is a loaded conference in terms of teams that you think have talent, teams that maybe could make some kind of a run. So I think a Big Twelve tournament's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun week. This is I have a hot take that has become progressively less hot. Some people uh, seem to agree with me. I actually like the conference tournament week more than the first weekend in the NCAA tournament. And like everybody says, oh, the NCAA tournament's the the best week of the sports calendar, and it's great, right? But like conference tournaments, you know, NCAA tournament basically the best teams are in theory playing a team that has no business even being on the court with them in round one of the NCAA tournament. And then sometimes even in round two, the games aren't that competitive. I just bring it up because the conference tournaments, you get teams that know each other, teams that are relatively equally built and you get to see them three, four times in a row. And so 
I know it's kind of counterintuitive. You don't really do anything like a conference tournament all year where you're playing three games in three days or four days and four four games in four days. But, you know, to see uh you know, a UConn play Villanova one night and then they immediately have to come back and play Providence and they immediately have to come back and play whoever, Xavier or North Carolina. They they survived Virginia, but they got Duke the next day. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a controversial take or not. I, I, I used to say this like five years ago and people would say it was the dumbest thing they ever heard, but it, people have come around to that idea over the last couple of years, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I, I think the stakes have changed in terms of how we look at conference tournaments now, but I can tell you that when I was a kid, the ACC tournament was the pinnacle of everything. The ACC tournament, and I remember going to Greensboro and watching that Tim Dunk, that Wake Forest, North Carolina classic in the final and being there for it. I have programs from multiple years because they used to sell them at the grocery stores where I grew up. That's the day my dad took off work. My dad would often work Thursday and Friday, but he would take the Friday of the ACC tournament off. And this is before there was a playing game on the Thursday night. This is when the quarters was it, when everybody was playing on that Friday. Uh, that would be the day I would know, all right, dad's going to take this one off. And wow, I'm going to watch basketball cool. with my dad all day. Like, that would happen. By the way, happy birthday to my father. Happy birthday, March Mr. the Martin. 5th is here, at least where I am. So here we go. Wow. Okay. Well, happy birthday to Mr. Martin. Um, yeah, it'll be a fun week. And, and uh, I agree. By the way, super nerdy happy thing. Happy birthday. <laughs> super nerdy thing. But they did, uh, last year, they did like a eight-part documentary on the history of the ACC tournament. And that's one of my priorities in the summer when I have a little bit of free time. And, you know, there's documentaries that you watch with the wife and and the family. And then there's ones that, you know, you watch in your own free time. Yeah. And there's one, uh, like I said, on the ACC tournament that I played. I missed it and I wanted to see it, too. So I got to find out where I can watch that. Maybe it's on. Uh, maybe it's on the streaming now. It is. I believe okay. it is because I think I, I tried to look it up. So anyway, but uh, busy show today. Fun show today. I should mention, by the way, you missed anything. We've talked John Morant. We've talked. What do we talk, Jason? Everything. Talked Aaron Rodgers. Combine. Bryce Young. Combine. That's right. Yeah. Pretty much everything that that you would want to hear, we covered on this show. And Bernie is going to come right behind us. He's going to back clean up, and we're looking forward to that. Absolutely. So for those uh, who did not listen to the show, make sure to download the podcast. Stay tuned for Bernie Fratto. But we got to get out of here. Want to thank the crew, Chris Perfett on the board, producer Brandon, Steve Desager, for my partner Jason Martin. I am Aaron Torres, and as Jason just told you. The Bernie Fratto Show with Bernie Fratto is next. Make sure to download tonight's podcast shortly available after the show. This is Fox Sports Radio. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 